1: Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joseph. My pronouns are he, him.
0: Hey there, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her.
2: Hey, I'm Andy, and uh, I am a meat popsicle.
0: Hi, I'm Zach, and
3: my pronouns are he, him.
0: Hi, Zach. Hey, How's
3: it
1: going? It, it's Zach from Stoneworks Gaming.
0: Welcome hey. back.
3: Thanks, guys. Excellent <laughs> yeah. to be back. Very Zach cool.
1: just, So Zach just had uh, him and his team just had a very successful Kickstarter with the lights of Winthrop Manor, uh, which I have to say the idea behind this uh, gets me right. Uh, it, 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 it's something I think has been missing from fifth edition. So I would love for you to give us sort of the uh, the elevator pitch for the lights of Winthrop Manor.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So it was a it was a ton of fun to work on, and and that's kind of what we went for was you know something missing in fifth edition, especially in terms of how uh, running horror works. So first we went with the level zero play system um, to kind of give you know give that really foreboding sense of like everything here is way stronger than we are, um, and then basically. Um, it's got nine pre-generated characters. They're level zero. It uses a commoner course level zero system developed by our friends over at Bite Size Gaming um, and the other Zach Goins, <laughs> um, my name doppelganger there. Um, they lent that to us to use, and he he's working with us on the Dreadland setting as a whole. Um, so he he was like, we should. I think this would be perfect for, like, a one-shot adventure to do for ZaneQuest. So we started there, and I really wanted to take the least threatening horror element in 5th edition, which was a haunted house. Um, pretty mundane as far as the whole, you know, swords and sorcery type of theme goes. Um, so went with a haunted house and, and kind of shook things up a little bit. Um, the house itself, all the rooms, there's a there's a special puzzle box that the players are gifted pretty early on that allows you to rotate and change the rooms around to try and escape. So level zero, it's kind of like a maze, a little bit of that Ceno bite puzzle box type deal going on. And uh yeah, it's just a lot of fun to write. And you have to it's like an escape room essentially. You have to use the puzzle box to find the keys to get out. Through the uh well, I'm not gonna say too much, but wherever the exit <laughs> is, when you find the exit, you will have you should have the the keys to get out.
1: I I love level zero adventures and that 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 was really what caught my eye with this. Um I, I we've mentioned on the show a million times the fourth edition campaign that uh I ran for Kayla and some friends of ours. We went for almost four years and it started off with a level zero adventure from Dungeon Magazine um, mm-hmm. and just especially if like I, I know the 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 lights from with their manner is supposed to be a one shot. But I love the idea of the zero level for a campaign as well to kind of really get to get that sense of we're common people and mm-hmm. now we've become extraordinary.
3: Yeah, exactly. So. In that vein, originally, we were going to be launching our the big dreadlands setting book um, early summer, mm. right around early June. Um, we actually ended up pushing that back to October for a number of reasons, but one of which is because I wanted to do another level zero adventure. So in May, sometime around mid to late May, we will be releasing another one-shot level zero adventure in a with a whole different type of theme, Um, and these two, Lights of Winthrop Manor and Something Wicked, which I'll tell you the name, Something Wicked, which is the next one we'll be dropping in May, will kind of work to create a collection of five. We will include three more slightly shorter Level Zero Adventures in the setting book itself, um, to create five total that you can have at your disposal so when you buy the setting book you'll have three to choose from and if you have lights of Winthrop Manor and something wicked as well you can play through these five level zero adventures as kind of like a meat grinder um <laughs> with lots of kind of like a funnel system to see who comes out the other side and and whatever whoever's left of the party um, all of all these characters you can the way that we've designed it is. <clears throat> we'll be designing it as all these characters going through this meat grinder. So don't get too attached to any one particular character you may create or, <laughs> or use as one of the pregens because there's a good chance they will die. And <laughs> who you've got coming out, you know, you might want to create several that you would be interested in playing because when you come out, you've got a cohesive party of people who've seen some shit. <laughs>
1: who've all been uh, very traumatized. <laughs> yes.
3: Very traumatized. And these tie into the, uh, these adventures will serve as like a staging point for the uh, terrible ties character options we've got going on. Um, So it'll be a fun way to play through those and get through a meat grinder and then give them a reason to like, why would anyone be an adventure in such a depressing and horrifying setting? Well, not got a little bit of an answer. Yes.
2: Now, Zach, let me ask you a question. Would you, would you recommend these for, beginner level people for intermediate for advanced who's 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 your target
3: uh pretty much anyone so the we worked with JVC perry on writing this first one and he did a really great job of giving giving it like that right at that sweet spot where it's it's got enough in there that would make it really interesting for intermediate to advanced players but also accessible to newer dms there are parts of it that can be like the the way the ma- all the madness tables and things like that work, that could be issued for ease of use.
2: Okay, okay. So, you know, um, <clears throat> this this would be good for. Uh, this could just as well be good for you know newbies out there who are looking to DM for the first time and you know pretty much establish
3: dominance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, and and it it gives kind of like a I think having. So this adventure, The Lights of Winthrop Manor, has nine pre-gen characters. Um, I don't. I've never sat down at a table with nine players, but the the recommendation is that you use all nine pre-gen characters, whether or not someone's controlling more than one character, which would be very easy to do, given that it's streamlined and there are no classes. Um, there's very few mechanics to keep up with, or the DM takes control of the remaining the remaining. Um, pre-gen characters that haven't been selected or a combination thereof um gotcha just kind of i think it kind of makes it easier to one of one of the biggest things for me uh as in when i first started dming was character death and kind of how to reconcile that and this kind of it it forces you to get that out of the way early because people are characters are going to (laughs) die
4: right so
3: that that i feel like that's that's kind of helpful get that out of the way early and and kind of get exposed to it and be like yeah this happens i shouldn't feel too bad
2: is is it recommended to to kind of give the your players a disclaimer on that first like hey man this is going to be like really tough and uh y'all might die a lot so get yeah. used to it yeah
3: okay. yeah and and we've we've included a little portion in the book to you know let the players know that this is not <laughs> You're, don't get you're, attached. Yeah, don't get don't
1: attached. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes the, the the old dark sun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those you you need to make about six characters because <laughs> one of them's going to at least die of of exposure at some point.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's the beauty of level zero, though, right? Is Absolutely. it's easy to run multiple characters at level zero, so <laughs> you can just funnel them through, and whoever makes it out, there you go. That's that's your character. <laughs> I, like I really enjoy a funnel system. A good funnel, a good yeah. funnel uh, session is always always enjoyable.
1: And this is all then connected to your. Uh, I, I see, because I think last time we were talking about it. Well, last time we had you on, we were you were still working out. I, I remember we had the name Glenn, but, uh-huh. uh, it looks like you have formalized the title of your your campaign setting now. Correct. Dreadlands, so, The Horrors of Glynn, which, by the way, that's
3: just sweet. Yeah, that's you. a hot title. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, they'll all have different uh, different little subtitles. They will all have carry the Dreadlands main title. And, and then The Horrors of Glen will kind of serve as the main hub. It's the big, meaty, you know, breaking ground of the setting. And then all the surrounding areas to the north, to the south, to the east parts of the Dreadlands, um, they'll kind of serve as setting expansions. They'll have a handful of new monsters, a handful of new sub subclasses and archetypes and uh, lineages and things like that and, uh, and explore different parts. But everything always comes back to Glen. It's the most populous and populated area. It's where the most cities are. It's the big hub of trade and commerce and a- as much as there can be in such a such a grim place, but that that's where it all comes back to. But yeah, we'll have several of these little uh, setting expansions as well.
2: Nice. That sounds so cool.
3: I really wanted to do something different as far as the way of, as it concerns you know, the whole gazetteer history, everything. So it's going to be big. It's going to be 350, 400 pages.
0: Wow. That's, yeah. That's a big book,
3: but I still wanted to, to kind of, Showcase and give off a little bit of a presence of what you know the the heights I'm trying to achieve with what we do at Stoneworks, and so I wanted to. I was like, if we're going to do this, we're I I, I want to stand out, and I want to I want to go big. So it's like we've got all these these handouts. Uh, let's print them on parchment. Got items. Let's print them on cards That's with great. a picture of the item and description um and that's just for the basic package that you get so you you still get those with just the basic zine you get a physical copy of the zine and the handouts and the item cards and uh, a wax sealed invitation the invitation to dinner at the manor um, i love that and, thank you and then for the collectors box it's like well i i love collectors boxes so let's see if we can pull that off i found out how to get collectors custom collectors boxes made And we went ahead and added some extras to that, including full color printouts of the maps found inside the zine that you can, you know, with a grid so you can lay them out on the table.
0: Love that so much. Need
3: maps. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of shocked because, you know, most of the zines were going for, you know, between seven and 10, sometimes $12 and for, for like the soft cover version of it. And we put, we had the, all the digital stuff for 10, but just for the physical we put it at 25 and then the collector's box at 45 and mm-hmm. and Zach was like he was like, I think this is a really great idea. He was like, but I want you to know you were you were definitely gambling with this, especially with it being your first Kickstarter. We sold out of those the 50 collector's boxes we offered in the first 48 hours and we had wow. to 25 more which we then sold out of by the end of the campaign. So it was was just
1: just so I know we opened up the top. I said a very successful campaign. You brought in 252 backers to your first Kickstarter campaign. I mean, that's that's very, very damn impressive.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I was a little shocked, too. I was I was pretty shocked. Um, I couldn't have done it by myself. I had a lot of great help um and you know so many wonderful people helping helping me out and i you know i got a a lot of great little signal boosts from um like the the uh, role players chronicle and and like apotheosis studios gave Mm -hmm. me a shout out that definitely helped big time so um went on several several other podcasts to, to talk about it and you know it was all a collaborative effort of you know the people in the community really you know helping me out you know us coming together and them taking an interest and in, and in helping helping us rise above the other some odd 300 zines that were out there which we were by no means the most successful there were plenty that did in you know five digits i think one of i think one zine went all the way up to like ninety two thousand. wow i don't think many other got even anywhere close to that think most of the other ones i saw that went high were up around 15 but it was i can't even remember what it was now but it was something having to do with i don't know it seemed very tibetan monk like astral self martial arts type something i i don't quote me on that but i want to say that it had something to do with like that kind of like chakras and you know Hmm. that whole deal i can't remember exactly but it was at like 92,000 when i when i saw it and i was like this is for zine quest like a 2 week funding period you did this that that's was incredible. pretty insane yeah
1: that is that's incredible so uh, for for those of us who are unfamiliar with zine quest what's what is it exactly
3: so zine quest is an event that kickstarter runs every year uh it was their third year doing it they run it every year in february for the whole month of february and it it invites creators in the tabletop RBG space to put out, uh, you know, something small, something you can create for fairly, you know, fairly inexpensively um, that requires, they, it doesn't have to have a low funding goal, but most of them do. Um, we were on the higher end of the spectrum at 2,000, um, and so the zines have to be printed on A5 size paper, which is... I want to say five by eight by eight by three. That sounds correct. Um, it has to be in two colors, doesn't have to just be black and white, uh, but two colors. And that rule kind of gets there are ways around that. Um, not everyone follows that one too strictly. Has to be saddle stitched or lower quality. It can't be perfect bound. Um, and you are limited to two weeks of funding time. You can kind of push, you can kind of fudge that with 15 days, but if you if you deviate outside of these rules too much kickstarter will not promote it themselves and that's one of the big boons of participating and adhering to the rules is kickstarter will really give you a leg up with showcasing your product and helping you out with some of the advertising within kickstarter itself so that's, that's it in a nutshell yeah
0: cool that's that's really cool that's a, a really good way to to help people you know smaller uh-huh. Smaller organizations get stuff going. I like that. I yeah,
3: think. it absolutely <sighs> helped us. And and I mean, there were and and we're a company, uh, a very small starting company. There were so many that that are just independent designers who just you know who just th- their their goal isn't to go out and make a big product um, and and run a website. You know, with a store selling their stuff, it's just to write um and there are some really incredible people out there putting out really original and interesting content that that really, you know, you can only find during this during this event and and I know I I dropped a lot more than I would have liked to <laughs> on some of this stuff cuz i mean there's just some extremely talented people out there doing some stuff that you wouldn't even think of and it's, you look at it and you're like this this is something i definitely want to play so next year Keep an eye out for it, you know, set Mm -hmm. it around Christmas time, maybe take some of that extra Christmas money and set aside maybe like a hundred bucks and go out and get, you know, half dozen zines. That's
0: that's actually really smart. (laughs) I I am going to give you a a long overdue. I probably should have given you like three or four geek points along the line, but I'm definitely going to give you one for frugal tips. Oh,
2: thank you. Deacon on a budget.
0: Geeking on a budget. There you go. <laughs> uh,
3: you got to. Important. Everything's so expensive now. <laughs> We're
0: Isn't
2: all that, it like geeking on a budget kind of the name of the game for geeks anyway? I mean, when, when you really when really when you think about it, till so you start making that disposable income money, you yeah. know, it's like <laughs> you, you write everything down. You you download PDFs and you do you know you do whatever you need to do to kind of you know keep your own fun going before before you can afford to buy your fun, so to
3: speak. Right. Exactly. Because I mean, what you have to think about it. All the collector's editions of all the stuff we love, you know, mm. books, Funko pops, other collectibles, <laughs> swords. There's just a million things out there that are just catered specifically to exactly. us. And, and they're all designed to take our, to make us part with our precious, precious. Hard-earned exactly. Cash. <laughs> exactly.
2: Example. One of my, one of my friends, he just emailed me this morning or he, or he texted me this morning going, Hey, do you have a copy of the, of the, of the DMG on PDF? And I was like, uh, like somewhere, maybe on my external hard drive, but instead of going through all that effort, why don't I just give you my d and d beyond login, and then you can have access to all of it anyway? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, we find you know.
0: ways around when we have to mm-hmm. yeah, um, exactly. but I think that's I, also why this community is so super cool about backing projects because like we know, uh-huh. you know yeah. and we're also very used to being rabid fans.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think uh, a friend of ours, uh Brian Dalrymple, uh behind the adventure game store, Dragon Slayer and Adventure Games Game Society Cafe, he actually had a uh, a zine running during uh during Zine Quest. Uh his the void of Thranter Thrantar uh <laughs> post apocalyptic post apocalyptic science fantasy adventure uh for five E and OSR uh I know we did a little promoting of. I know we promoted you guys, your you guys, and we promoted their their zines during Zine Quest. But I was like, I, I feel like I should get like a negative geek point for being unaware of the Zine Quest tradition.
3: Never heard of it until this year either. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> <All> right, well, <laughs>
1: then you're both minus fifty. <laughs> yeah,
3: it, was, it was just Zach came to me in in November and basically had to explain to me what it was and i still didn't quite get it all the way and we're working on this thing and i'm I'm going to him like what exactly is it that we're doing again <laughs> and he's like, uh, and he, so we collaborated with with uh his larger company the drifters atlas on it they helped us manage our first kickstarter and and are helping us do all the fulfillment and layout for the book and everything and he's like so we we need everything by like the first of january and i was like yeah no problem it's it's creeping up past christmas and i'm like what exactly are we doing again and he's like what do you mean what are we doing i'm like what like what is this he's like i've explained it to you and and yeah it seven. yeah (laughs) they were very generous with um with giving us some a little bit of extra time it it to, to JVC Perry wasn't even our original writer. Um we had we had someone our, our original writer have to bow out at the 11th hour because he he literally had just had too many things dropped in his lap at once and with with a company where he, you know, where where he brings home the bacon and, and you know, it was like that was first priority for him because that's what pays his bills. And I was like, "Hey man, I get it." So I, I reached out to JVC Perry and I was like, hey man, we've got like, we're already like three weeks past due on needing this adventure turned in. Um, sure. Can you help? And yeah. he was like, I would love to. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like I've been buying this guy's adventures off DM's code for like three years.
4: Huh.
3: <laughs> oh, That's awesome.
0: That is very, yeah. very cool. Tell me about your, I'm looking, I haven't, I wanted, wanted to click on it. There's a button, and I want to push the button. Uh-huh. Um, but I haven't yet. Um, but I see that you have, like, a little trailer here, and I was interested to to find out what that is and, and how that went and what went into doing that.
3: That's a great question. I wish I had an answer for you. I <laughs> did none of the trailer. I have <laughs> not those skills. Um, I definitely will be more involved in... I, I already have, like, pretty much shot for shot how the how the trailer is going to go for our next Kickstarter for something wicked? I've already got the script written for it and everything. Um But for this one, I was I was really busy trying to get things back on track. And Zach basically came to me one day and he was like, "Hey man, I made I made the trailer." And I was like, "What? What?" And he was like, "Yeah, I made the trailer. Should you tell me if you like it?" And I watched it. And I was like, "This is really awesome." <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, let's let's keep that." He did Maximum it. Uh, he made it. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, that's really
0: great. Oh, that's good. Uh, nice. I'm very satisfied
3: with this. Um, no, no changes necessary. I'm pleased. I was not even expecting this. So he's that's been coming. doing his own for um his that he did through his other company, bite-size gaming, and and for uh it came from the message board for Drifter's Atlas. And so he was like, Yeah, I just went ahead and made yours too. And I was like, sweet. <laughs>
0: That's Smell taking fingers. initiative, folks.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I would have not even known where like where to have begun with that if it hadn't been for him. Um now that I know he's capable, I've like I said, I've already <laughs> put together like a whole page of things for the next one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, here's how it is. It fade out and then the music and <laughs> so
0: <laughs> you got it all. Excellent. So so Are we Bradbury fans? Is that what something wicked is coming from? Or is it just a cool title?
3: Like Ray Bradbury? Uh huh. Yeah, I like Ray Bradbury. I haven't read anything by him since. But I'll say this. (laughs) I'll say this about Ray Bradbury. (laughs) I didn't. He was like the most interesting author I was forced to read in high school. I haven't. I've never gone and like actually picked up anything of his. Like, not that there's anything wrong with his books. I just have never thought about it. Now okay. that I'm thinking about it, it's definitely stuff that his writing is definitely stuff that I would be interested in because I enjoy. I did enjoy it in high school. I was just forced to read it. I enjoyed Huck Finn. Everyone was like, this book is so lame. And I was like, that's, that's a really good book. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I definitely will have to go check his stuff out. The name does not come from Ray Bradbury. It just... I was just like something wicked. This way comes is something they say about witches. Um, it's in what? What was it, Macbeth? Yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the eight point.
3: Thank you. And <laughs> yeah. so I was like, "This one's about witches," so I'm going to call it something wicked. I think that's a catchy title.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, that works.
1: <laughs> that Shakespeare guy, he 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 could turn a phrase. Just
3: saying, he really
0: could. He <laughs> yeah, really could. Yeah.
3: Good old Bill.
2: <laughs> he, was the <laughs> he, was, he was a hack He was a hack
3: I mean there are people who definitely Hold that opinion I, I have a lot of respect for the guy I think probably yes he was a hack But he also He pretty much created an entire Formation of a, of an already existing language
0: Oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> So you, I very fair, much love that So yeah, Let me take English and
0: turn it upside down I mean to be fair
1: you know while today we think of going to shakespearean plays as some sort of high society thing he was pretty much writing tv for the time yeah, yeah. soap
3: yeah. operas yeah it was
2: yeah. yeah yeah he wrote uh he wrote a lot of stuff that everybody was just like it's either amazing you either love him or you hate him really is what it is you know that's true so yeah, I, I
3: just kind of like i'm on the fence about it i we're not on the fence like i i was i have great respect for what he did reading his stuff to me it's, it's i it's not have... it's not my type of uh sunday reading but i i very much respect his his body of work i you have know,
1: seen now i i'm sorry andy no I, I was just gonna i was
2: just gonna point out like that is literally how i feel about the beatles but you know moving <laughs> forward <laughs>
3: but, <laughs> them's fighting Ooh. words <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: oh, everybody's got their opinions <laughs>
2: that's a whole nother show and I will gladly step up
1: to that plate with you. <laughs> um, I, I have seen some educators and uh, especially drama coaches and teachers uh, pointing out the just the, the terrible act of making students read Shakespearean plays by themselves
4: yeah that's you no know, fun
1: no, no that's no, but yeah, but that's not how that material was meant to be presented. That material right, was plays. meant to be presented. Yeah. Um, unlike, okay. say, maybe a sonnets where you can read that by yourself and, you know, try to figure out to whom was he writing this to. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. My, my experience with Shakespeare, I was exposed to it very early. I had artist parents and I was exposed to it very early. And at first I had that kind of, this is boring. And the second that it clicked, to me that they were plays and i started creating and and using character more in reading it it like came alive it was completely a like game changer when i figured mm-hmm. that out you know and then i had a literature teacher who knew that and instead of just making us sit quietly and read assigned parts and had people read and talked about inflection and talked about what things meant and it just fan from there on out you know like we all right. have those teachers that changed our lives you oh, know yeah. that was mine you know was my literature teacher oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so i'm a. Oh, sorry no go
2: ahead go ahead joe go. Uh, go
1: i'm ahead, just go. of the opinion that if you're a teacher teaching shakespeare or, or any plays um because i i never had the experience of someone just going here's a play read it it was always done in the mode of okay you know we're going to be doing you know Act one, scene three, and I need a you know I need a Caesar, I need an Olivia, yeah. I need yeah. a, a you know and and we you know you 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 wanted those you know you wanted to be cast in it. Otherwise, you know you're sitting there listening and and I don't know. Just I, I think if you're a teacher and you're not doing uh you know dramatic works like that or I shouldn't say dramatic, but if you're not doing plays as they should be pre- presented, then you're you're doing it wrong i will take that stand (laughs) yeah that's my hill so yeah no that 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 tracks
3: (laughs) yeah Uh, i agree and and mine was very much the same our teacher i had two really great the teachers in 10th and 11th grade when we went over a lot of this stuff and um they they both had us you know pick parts and read aloud and and we definitely being 15 and 16 year old kids uh took that to its dirtiest logical conclusion
0: <laughs> oh absolutely
3: <laughs> yeah you no know, so
2: to, to kind of uh, let me ask you a question just to kind of get back on track uh for for a second you know you know if you know because it's the show right
0: um, <laughs> sure <laughs> hey, man. but still deviation <laughs> is part of what we do <laughs> but still kind of
2: but still kind of i'm ignoring you uh, circling still, back <laughs> <laughs> Still kind of on the subject. um, so for this adventure, I mean it's it's obviously it kind of feels like it's it's a little horror based, but uh but who were who who or what what were your the influences for this one?
3: Now this one uh definitely uh very much horror. every most of our bread and butter at Stoneworks is gonna be horror, not all the time, but that's what I'm very interested and passionate about like bringing into the space.
2: Is there, but is there anything specific that you drew off of or, or any sources um, or anything
3: like that for Winthrop Manor? Uh, very much Lovecraft, but in, okay. I, I, I wanted to Lovecraft deals a lot more with, with weird and cosmic horror, but I kind of wanted to bring that same element, especially like that you find in like call of Cthulhu seventh edition, oh, like yeah. the gameplay. Uh uh-huh. Um, I channeled that a lot. Um, and essentially there, there's not one specific film or piece of literature that I could point to specifically to say that this inspired me. It was kind of an amalgamation of, you know, a lot of the haunted house type novels and and uh films that I've seen, you know, The Conjuring, the Haunting of Hill House, you know, the the book specifically of the Amityville horror, uh nice. always, always kept me up as a as a teenager. Um a lot of those and, and a lot of like, I was talking to uh, someone else about this on a podcast recently. And to me, as a horror junkie, the the films and uh, TV, they don't really do so much to to frighten me anymore. I'm kind of hardened against that now. What really gets me are the real, quote unquote, um clips that you can find on like YouTube and out on the internet of people catching this stuff on their phones. Oh
2: yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: That's what keeps me up at night because yeah. like some of this stuff is like, if it's not real, it's really, it's really, really well, well done. done. <laughs> yeah. <that's> some high, <laughs> high production values. They are using some really good editing software. Oh. Um, And that I, I watched a lot of those just to kind of get a feel for like how to how to give dms the tools to like really draw up the tension and 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 make things feel dreadful like yeah right cuz that's the whole thing with a okay. horror film um you you've got the pg13s your paranormal activities and things like that which are great but they're they're like popcorn horror they're jump scares nonstop mm-hmm. and you can tell when they're going to happen and it's something that general audiences handle They're prepared for it. They understand jump scares. It it makes sense to them. What is a little bit more inaccessible, I think, to most at least general audiences, and and why they you know tend to not fare as well at the box office or get as many butts in the seats. Right. Are the more you know the more tension and dread driven type of horror films, where whatever the genre may be, you know, possession or haunted house or just weird. You know, psychological type stuff. It's that it's that mounting tension to the point where you want something scary to happen because it, you're so like just it's like it's like you're constantly holding your breath, waiting for it to happen, and you want something scary to happen so you can breathe again.
2: Just so type you can of thing. have a relief. That moment yeah. Of release, yeah, because no, uh,
3: no. the most effective horror films, they really just they don't show you much and they just keep drawing it out. And it's what it's what really makes you feel uncomfortable.
2: Well, well, that's I, I always thought that that when it comes to horror, you know, telling. So, first of all, I am a complete scaredy cat. I cannot watch anything <laughs> like that. Forget <laughs> it. No it's way. It's true. It really it, is. <laughs> it, I, I still I still think back years and years ago to me and Kayla sitting on our couch watching the movie signs
0: Uh oh my god oh my god
2: and me trying (laughs) to literally like climb up against the wall because i was so (laughs) scared of what was going on there's no way i couldn't deal with it i couldn't deal with it Um, but, (laughs) but um but it but that is a perfect example that movie signs is a perfect example of of um less is more yeah you know, the, the less you see of the creature, the aliens, the more scared you are because it's just terrifying. And, uh, and and a lot of like a lot of those videos, like you're saying on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, uh, they, they tend to work with that less is more, uh, 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 thing, you know, uh, 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 style, which, uh, which I think is, is, I think it's difficult. This is just my opinion as a DM, um, I think horror instilling a horror in your group. That's hard to do. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: I think it's, it's very difficult to do because you're dealing with, you know, guys who are like, what's, what's that a dragon? All right, I'm going to go fight the dragon. All right. You know, I'm going to go, how do you take a guy? How do you take a guy who is used to fighting these giant beasts or, you know, seeing these things on the, on the regular. And now all of a sudden he's in a haunted house. How do you scare him? Right. That's, that's difficult to do.
3: It's a, it's very much a challenge and it's definitely something that I've, worked on a lot myself as a dm to try and perfect as best that i can so that i can translate that into into our products into what we write um and i think i think the less is more approach is definitely a big step like when you're dealing with encounters um you know really drag those out let the players know that they're being watched give them little hints of something's watching them they see something around the corner you really use the imagery, you know, put the stat block to the side, put the encounter to the side and draw it out, make, give them something to fear. Right. Um, first of all, but the biggest and most important part is what scares people is subjective to that person. Right. So what scares one person might not scare another person. And it's really important to, when you're going into a campaign, if, if it's going to be horror heavy is to have a session zero and sit down and talk to your players and say, look, you know, because the whole point of the reason we enjoy and watch horror movies, right. Is because we want to put ourselves in an uncomfortable space for our own enjoyment. Right. So have that session zero and, and communicate with your players, let them know it's going to be horror heavy. This is what we're going for and really find out where specific lines are and what lines are okay to cross and what lines are non-starters and like, don't, this isn't, don't touch on these themes, don't touch on this imagery, like don't put this anywhere near here because it's going to be triggering or highly uncomfortable for me uh, personally. And and just that's very important so then you as a DM can figure out these are the lines that are okay to cross that are going to put them in an uncomfortable space that they're going to enjoy. And these are the lines that will make it uncomfortable in a very negative way for them. And yeah. that that gives you a lot of room to figure out how to really use things other than monsters to craft your horror. Uh, Ways to draw from real life experiences and real world horrors aside from the supernatural that lend to a lot crafting a very tense and horrific landscape that then you can use monsters to flesh out even further. I like it. I like it. super cool.
0: Nothing can terrorize us more than our own imaginations
3: right exactly you know, and
0: leaving that void for your imagination to fill in as you're going is so key to horror uh-huh. you know and then being able to write off that and play off that and use that you know in the that's just that's just fun like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a lot of fun i've got there's like music in my head right now like there's like this I have, like, this score that my brain is, like, conducting while we're talking about this because it's so, you know, there's it's, it lends itself so much to, like, that awesome movie score, you know, yeah. background music. And that's <laughs> a big one,
3: too, is is finding a good, like, Sirenscape soundboard or, or good, you know good background ambiance music that you can use i i don't know what it's called but the that weird instrument that they use specifically for horror it's like this round thing with a bunch of little spokes spokes sticking up and you just yeah it makes that classic horror sound that everyone knows um (laughs) like little things with like those sounds and and stuff in it that's a big part you know horror is very much about setting the stage for it you you can trying to scare your players all day long but if you're not setting the scene properly and using all the tools that you have at your disposal it's never going to be as effective as you want it to be because absolutely creating horror is more than just reading off a stat block oh yeah definitely
2: um you were talking is about th- you know
0: it's the thermine thermine no. mm-hmm. that's a a thermine. thank you so- <laughs> i smart sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, you're, you're smart a lot of times Kay. um most of the time <laughs> um so so yeah so like uh there was a okay yeah so there's a just for horror purposes since we're on that that kind of topic um i just want to kind of like give my recommendation there is a uh, uh there's a there's a band. Uh, that you can probably find them on Spotify. You can probably find them on, you can definitely find them on uh, Amazon music because that's what I use for my games. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a band, a group called Knox Arcana. They, okay. they do literally nothing but ambiance music. Like okay. there, there is, there is so, like, so for my last homebrew campaign, one uh-huh. of the, one of the big baddies, one of the big bads was a vampire. Uh, Uh, and I wanted to have like this whole very kind of Strahd kind of esque battle with this vampire in a, in, in like a, uh, like a corrupted church, Uh which they did, you know? And it was like, they couldn't, they could barely see like 10, 10 feet in front of them and things like that. And everything else was magically blocked out. And so the whole time I had this, they literally have an album, a whole CD of how many songs, 19 songs, 51 minutes long, uh, just called Transylvania. Okay, right on. There you go. And and it is the scariest shit you've ever heard in your life. Like (laughs) perfect. Perfect for it. Um, uh, or the only other recommendation I would give if you just want to instill just complete horror and dread and have your literally I've I had people in my party sweating from just because it was so grating and it was making them nervous and they couldn't deal with it. The soundtrack from, from dark souls,
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) the music,
2: the music in those games are ridiculous. And, and it's, it's meant to just not be pleasant at all. Like now I
3: have to check that out. I've never played it. Um, I I've, there's so many video games I've never played. Um, but I will definitely check it out. I've always been the kind of person who, I, I love my Zeldas, I love my Blizzard games, you know, cer- certain stuff. I, I definitely hop on board for certain stuff like GTA and Red Dead Redemption. And, you know, I have the stuff that I absolutely have to play. Um, but for for a lot of it, it's just been like, me and me and video games have a very strange relationship where it's like, I want to play a lot of stuff, yeah. but I end up spending more time, like, I've always just been the kind of person who I spend more time, like, writing and creating stuff than I do, like, sitting down to play video games. Hey, um my crazy. my favorite what what I tend to do more often is the people who really love to play Mass Effect or Dark Souls or you know that kind of stuff, especially really thematic games. Mm-hmm. I will sit and watch people play video games for hours. Yes. Yes. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yay,
0: somebody else that likes to watch video games being yeah, played. Because
3: I'm not very good at them. I'm i ju- I'm honestly Neither girl, am I. I I suck at most video games. <laughs>
0: I am right there with you, Zach. I I can't I can't play them. I either attention span or, you <laughs> yeah. know, I can't focus my eyes enough or whatever to like make those quick moves, whatever it is. But I love watching people play them and just kind of getting swept away in the story that way.
3: Yeah, and one of the weirdest things I've always found, and this is not true for the video games that I hold really closely to my heart. I've never found this to be a problem. But for like video games that I'm not just, like, absolutely, like, jumping out of my pants. That's a weird saying that nobody says. <laughs> jumping out of my seat to play. Um, I, I'll start playing it, and I'll enjoy it. And the one that comes to mind are, like, the Batman, like, Arkham Asylum games, which were great. Oh, God, and I, 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 so much. I played, like, two of them, and they were really great. But I, I find this a lot of times when I'm playing video games. I'll get, like, a couple days into it, and I just start having this weird, like, psychological, like, existential breakdown where i'm like i'm playing this and i'm like this isn't really like this isn't real like (laughs) like i'm i'm making this happen i don't know it's hard to describe but it's like i just feel kind of like all of a sudden i'll be playing and really enjoying it and then i just get real depressed because i'm like well i mean this isn't real and I could what be that? doing something more productive and I'm just what sitting here doing... am I doing, doing with my life? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I just get this real existential, like, mini existential crisis sometimes while I'm playing video games. I'll be, like, 40 hours into it. and I'm just like...
1: I'm playing someone else's story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, could,
3: I could be, like, making up my own stuff right now or, like, taking <laughs> a nap. <laughs> I'm like, trying to catch up on, like, the hundreds of thousands of hours of sleep I've shirked for my entire life. Like
0: i think that's i think that's the plight of a lot of creatives is that if you consuming other creative work is such a wonderful thing but it also it does like you get to that point where you're like i'm not being i'm not doing i need to do stuff
3: yeah yeah and that's that's (laughs) like that's like my biggest problem and weirdly it happened it did happen recently with something that i really love i started playing the newest like wow expansion and I was like on my third night of playing, and I was like, yeah, I should really just be like working on my own stuff, though, right? And <laughs> for like the last three months, I've paid $15 for a Wow subscription that I haven't even used. Oh, no. <laughs> I keep telling myself, I'm going to hop on tonight and pound out a few hours. And I just. No, don't. no you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I just oh, yeah. don't. And it, there's nothing wrong with it. The the like eight hours that I did play if it was super awesome. And I was like, this oh, yeah. is like the coolest expansion ever and it just nothing seems to be able to trump my own desire to sit down and just like create stuff myself which oh, wow. I guess is a good thing
0: yeah I mean <laughs> you, you've got this beautiful system to show for it
3: mm. true yeah I mean I just I don't know how people find the time to do other <laughs> here no 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 here's the thing here's the part where it doesn't get me because it only takes two hours. I watch a lot of movies. Mm. i don't watch a lot of tv but i watch a lot of movies
4: Mm -hmm.
3: it used to be the other way around i used to watch a lot of tv because it was but because it was like it keeps going and going and going and then it was like yeah it's too much like and now i've swapped it's like this takes two hours to watch i can sit down i can relax for two hours and then i can get back to work
0: yep as a beginning middle and an end yep i can see that We will often, you know, Joe and I, because we're, you know, we both run our own businesses, you know, plus life and everything Uh else going on. We will often uh, take time and be like, okay, we're gonna watch one episode or the newest episode of whatever it is that we're watching, you know, and we'll sit down and we'll watch that, and it's like, you know, Joe's like, okay, gotta go edit, you know, and Uh he's up and moving again, you know, and it's just yeah, we, it gives you that kind of okay, I can not feel guilty. (laughs) and yeah. <laughs> take this break and then I can, you know, refresh a little bit and go back to work. Yeah.
1: It does mean it's going to take us, like, 30 years to ever finish Supernatural,
0: but
3: <laughs> Dude, I'm telling the- you, at this point, if you haven't started watching it, like, just don't. I highly yeah. recommend it. It's a great show, but, like, who has have, time?
1: we're we never seen it. it. Oh my we're, god. We're in, it's- like, season 8, episode yeah. 5. Yeah. It's like... And- yeah, I think we're at the halfway point. I think
0: it's yeah. it just it's on forever and it's just yeah but yeah we'll sit down and watch like you know a couple of episodes and then back to work and do another stuff and yeah it's it's gonna be like a year before we finish it but.
3: I was really fortunate that I got on at like season six <laughs>
0: or ah, seven. Okay. I, was, uh-huh. I
3: started watching it like season six or seven so I was kind of lucky because I was like right before that halfway point so I didn't have as much to catch up on but now that it's over I don't like people are like, yeah, I'm rewatching supernatural. And I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much time. That's like 15 seasons of like 20, like 22 episodes a season and yeah. like 45 minutes a piece. It's like, that's, a, that's like a whole year of TV. <laughs>
2: That's how my wife is with Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh, God. She's watched Criminal Minds like all the way through like three times. I'm like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> I do that, too. I do that, too. Criminal Minds is another one that I will watch all the way through every now and like then. I
3: watched Criminal day. Minds up to a certain point, point. Um, and then I stopped watching because I realized, I, I sat down one day and I was like, ever since Mandy Patinkin left this show, it's just never, it's never been the same. Uh-huh. Um, I will never forgive him for leaving this show because he made this show great.
0: It took me a long time to get used to him not being there. Like I almost rage quit when when he, left. he was. He
3: was only on there for like two seasons. <laughs> I know it was but he was, was so far. good, but yeah. he's so good.
2: Now Pam, mm-hmm. Pam, my wife, she feels the, she feels it's the other way around. She she she's like Joe Montagna coming on was just was just so much better than Mandy Patinkin.
0: Well, See everybody I mean, had to go
3: get that Crestor money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen his TikTok? It's hysterical.
3: No, now I want to. Yes, he
0: yes. has a TikTok. His son mostly of uh, videos him, but and him and his, his wife. wife are so funny. Oh my god, they're the cutest things.
2: <laughs> so funny.
3: Wow. Uh, He's a treasure of a human being. He's he up there with like the Tom Hankses of the world.
2: Dude, Mandy oh, yeah. Mandy Patinkin! Absolutely, oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. yeah. He's one of those few words. Like you look and you're like, he's he's got like you know stage credit, he's got movie credits, TV credits. I mean, and and you never, I don't think I've ever seen him in a role where you're like, I oh, phoned that one in.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: And he yeah. just seems to, like
0: a genuinely nice person. He is. Want, he is. He's such
3: see, a sweet
1: guy. I want to see
2: Mandy Patinkin and and uh, Tony Shalhoub do a show together.
3: That would be incredible. Yes, it please. I would watch that. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: please.
0: That's a geek point.
1: You uh, new, new odd couple. <laughs> new
0: there odd you go. <laughs> there you go.
3: There's there's a point of inspiration for you, Andy. Thirteen <laughs> Ghosts. Speaking of Tony Shaloub. Oh yes. I did I did draw some some pretty heavy influence from the super cheesy, but oh my god, so amazing Thirteen Ghost movie.
1: Yeah, the character designs, the, the monster designs in that movie were just incredible for the ghosts.
3: Matthew uh,
1: Lillard, mm-hmm. is yeah. that
3: how you pronounce his last name? Yes. yes. Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy. Oh, he was incredible in that movie. I loved him in that. That was like that was the movie that really like it scared the shit out of me as a as a preteen. I guess I, I was probably around twelve or thirteen when that first came out. And it scared me so bad, but I couldn't stop watching it like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I just loved it. And that's really where I, I dabbled in horror at younger ages when I could like sneak away and watch like some Nightmare on Elm Street or Child's Play or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it was 13 Ghosts that really where I was just like, I watched it until I was numb to it mm-hmm. yeah, because I was so scared the first time and then by like, my 30th playthrough of that movie. I was like, this movie is just so great and I love it. And it's not scary at all, but man, look at it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess with the whole, the house moving and stuff like that, I, I, I didn't think of it directly, but that definitely would have been rolling around in the back of my head.
2: Oh, sure. Sure. Cause I mean, well, like when you're describing, when you're describing the, the game and the house and stuff like that, I'm actually getting kind of Rose red vibes. Do you red? Rose I'm red unfamiliar movie. Nobody gets that. Nobody tracks that. Awesome. It's, <laughs> it's a, it was a, a, a Stephen King, uh mini that he did. Like it was like a, a, like a two or three part movie that he, that he really? did. Uh, yeah. A TV movie about a haunted house. And it was, it was, it was really, really good.
3: Really, yeah, really I good. That. The, the name sounds familiar. And now that you mention it, I've never seen it, but I need to like, for instance, all this, this whole thing started because I watched, uh, I think I told y'all last time I was watching an American werewolf in London one night and had this whole idea for this
2: fantastic. Sp-
3: movie. It is sp- the, the one werewolf movie that's on my list of things that I need to tick off and I own it and I've just never watched it is silver bullet. I've started, oh, I've, so I've watched good. like the first 15 or 20 minutes of it, probably a dozen times. And I just, I'm over 30 now and I'm, I caught some sort of some, something from my father where it, if i'm in a certain position like if i'm too prone when i'm trying to watch a movie i it's lights <laughs> out man like I'm, i wake up and credits are rolling and i'm like what happened like
0: joe and andy both I don't, do that
3: i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> no clue what that is <laughs> so i i bought it, it it was on sale on like itunes uh I think it was back around like october and so i've tried watching it probably like 10 times since i bought it back in october and every time i watch it i make the mistake of like laying across my bed back there like horizontally across the bed like i'm not under the covers i'm not gonna fall asleep i'm on my <laughs> phone and bad, like bro. i wake up and it's like one in the morning and i'm like well i started watching this at 5 p.m like what happened <laughs> so yeah, i okay. need to go downstairs Two yeah. and like sit in an actual yeah. chair like this and just sit there and
0: watch the whole thing. Exactly. Attack, silver idea. bullet. Pop uh, a giant <laughs> bucket of popcorn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, or,
2: um, or do you? Or do you, do you? Just real quick. Do you read? I mean, are you reading? I read well? a lot. I read so, a ton. So read the short story. It's called Cycle of the Werewolf.
3: Okay. Yeah, I haven't read that. I've read a, most of the Stephen King novels, but I haven't haven't gotten into a lot of his short stories, which is crazy because those are. I enjoy short stories more than I do novels, slightly.
2: So, so you are you a Dark Tower fan?
3: I've never read the Dark Tower. Oh, God, I've read God. them. <laughs> <laughs> just get, out, get off my podcast. <laughs> I've never read the Dark Tower when it comes to Stephen King. For instance, I love the Green Mile and the Shawshank yeah. Redemption. I've never read either of, like, the novella series. Gotcha. Um and it's not to say that I won't. I really much I very much want to read The Dark Tower. It's just there's so many of them and it's, it's such a, lot. a for I've never read uh the stand either.
2: Audible is your friend.
3: It is, yeah. and I have three whole credits that I haven't used.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, Stephen King is interesting because like the it's it's so it's so thick and there's so much to chew on. Yeah. You know? But and it's like and- you either catch it in your twenties when you don't have a lot to do, or you find it on audiobook in your thirties.
3: <laughs> so yeah, like for instance, I tried to go back and reread it uh, about a year ago, mm. and I got to the whole part about the fire at the black spot, and I was like, "Dude, no!" Like this <laughs> is like a hundred pages uh, of just like, "Why is this here?" And I'd already yeah. I read the book in, in my early 20s when I was in college and I remembered like so I knew it was coming and I got and to it, it and I was like something. just push through <laughs> Yeah. But then so like back a couple months ago, around like September, I I downloaded it on Audible and I listened to it. And listening to the whole part about the fire at the black spot, when you're listening to it is not bad at all it's yeah. you know it takes like 30 minutes to get through it wasn't yeah. bad at all and i actually for the first time enjoyed that part of the book
0: um i, I think that there's something to be said for listening to stories storytelling yeah. started as an audit you know as a as oh, an auditory absolutely. thing you know and i think uh-huh. that there's definitely something to be said especially works like stephen king's and things like that that are so just chewing on the scenery Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that it comes through better and your brain process is different when, yeah. when you're listening to it than than reading it. And he does, he
3: has so much character development always for the first 200 pages before anything actually happens. Yes. And it's so, <laughs> it's so much to read through and you're just like, dude, come on, like something needs to happen. But when you're listening to it, like I, I listened to Dr. Sleep before that and like, I tried starting that book so many times and I'm like, I do not care about Danny Torrance's like alcohol problems. But listening to the narrator talking about it and like the the gravitas and like the inflection and all the all the character that they bring to it made yeah. it extremely interesting. So
0: yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. And a good narrator is definitely key. Yeah. I like
3: that. It has to have at least four and a half stars on the narrator. I'm like pass.
0: Yeah, like, wow. absolutely. <laughs> um, oh. So Zach, we're we're kind of coming to the part in the show where we need to jump into geek news, and I know you've got a time restraint. Do you wanna do you wanna head into geek news with us?
3: Yes, I will head into geek news with you real quick.
4: Okie
0: okay um, dokie. Let's okay. I, let's what? just
1: get let's just get before we get to the geek news. Let's just uh, get plugs out of the way, so that way if you have to drop out during geek mm-hmm. news.
3: Uh, we'll have those so, yeah,
0: because we know you're the geekiest, Zach.
3: So. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because it actually is 8.38, so we are pushing that time, that time limit. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. And I might just call it here and, and join y'all for another show. time. Yeah, cool. sure. absolutely. Um, so I,
1: I the, the Kickstarter has ended. So, mm-hmm. if someone wanted to, uh, snag themselves uh, a copy of uh, your light at Winthrop Manor. Uh, where can they get it? I so need it to we, live.
3: Sorry, go ahead, Andy.
2: I was just gonna say I need it to live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so we will have it available on Backer Kit here uh, shortly in about two weeks. You can go pick it up that way, Wolver, um, to if you pick it up on BackerKit, you'll get one of the first uh, something from our first print run that'll be done here next month. Um, if you don't wanna, you know, if you don't pick it up on BackerKit, you could go to www.stoneworksgaming.com and check out our store and you can pre order it for our second print run which will ship out this fall. Nice.
0: Cool. Cool.
1: Cool. And then for anybody who might not have caught it, you know, caught you around the first time, where can they find other than www.stoneworksgaming.com, where can they find you on the interwebs?
3: So you can find us at Stoneworks Gaming on Facebook, Big Stone, Little Works capital G in gaming then all lowercase stoneworks gaming at on Instagram as they are want to do over there. And then uh, on Twitter at stoneworks G again, big stone, little works, capital G uh, stoneworks G on Twitter. And then we also have a Patreon stoneworks underscore gaming uh, where you can check out a lot of the content that we're putting out for the dreadlands setting as a whole and uh, go in and uh, become a patron and you can sign up and get lots of, great uh, playtest content to try out and give us feedback and, and help us really nail that stuff down and, and shape the setting. And
1: uh, I, will, I will add a shameless plug on your behalf. If you belong to, I believe it's the Dungeons & Dragons 5e or 5th edition uh, group on Facebook, uh, Mr. Goings uh, shares a lot of stuff from the upcoming uh, Dreadland Sourcebook mm-hmm. uh, showing sure off do. Showing off art and monsters and all sorts of stuff, so you can also definitely keep an keep an eye out there for his his good D and D offerings. Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome, Zach. Uh, so let's get into some geek news. What we got? I
3: got you, stuff. You gonna you quick. gonna
0: hop out, Zach, or are you gonna hang yeah.
3: out? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hop out because we've got. Ninth, I got 19 minutes till this starts, so I'm going to pop out, but I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this so much. We have so, so much it fun. Awesome. It's great to talk to you guys. Um, I'll, I'll tune back in. I want to hear what your geek news is, so I'll check it out when the podcast goes live. You yep, got yep. It.
0: Thank you All so right. much. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Bye. Later. Bye. All right. Okay, okay, who's got news?
1: I got news.
2: I'm, I okay. got luck, so go ahead. Oh,
0: boy.
1: So, kind of in a strange vein, as uh, Zach's uh, Dreadlands project uh, last week, uh, last Tuesday, uh, Dungeons and Dragons announced the upcoming book. Fuck yes, will be uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft.
2: Fuck yes, it will, and I can't (laughs) wait for this. Like, Uh, like, which, like, I don't want to say I have a vampire boner, but I have a vampire boner for this.
1: (laughs) um i i i kind of felt um when last was it last month they when they released uh in the iron earth arcana the uh the gothic lineages uh Mm -hmm. the damp fear the uh hexborn and the created or something i mean like they when they rolled those out it was like oh i think i see what they're doing Yeah, yeah, you Uh, saw it coming. (laughs) So, so this is going to be pretty cool, Um, and I say that as somebody who has two box sets of Ravenloft: The Realm of Terror uh, on my bookshelf, uh, the the two e setting book uh, setting boxes. We get it. You're old.
0: He's he is distinguished and
4: (laughs) well (laughs) read.
1: I'm going to give you a geek point for that. Thank you. Oh, really? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so there's going to be new lineages. There's going to be new subclasses. There's going to be new monsters. There's going to be how to create your own dreadlords within mm-hmm. the realm mm-hmm. of Ravenloft. Uh, I'm assuming there's also going to be some of the pre-existing ones. Hey, Lord Soth, how you doing? Uh, actually, actually, <laughs>
2: hate to tell you uh soth is not in this they have they've specifically said it
1: kendrick said lord soth is not in this mm. Well, I would, say what, I would say what kendrick says with a grain of salt is he is no longer part of D or D beyond
2: well i'm just saying i from the video that i saw of him doing mm. you know, on
1: youtube the other day
2: last week he went through the whole thing mm. uh and and apparently soth
1: is not part of it Interesting. Well, that might also be because you know later, later this year, they're probably going to roll out Dragonlance since they've worked out the kerfuffle with Spice uh, so. and Hickman. I hope so. Um, staying on d d news, uh, Hasbro, the parent company of Wizards of the Coast, which is the publisher uh, owner of Dungeons & Dragons, uh, announced this week that there is a reorganized... or l- last week that they're reorganizing uh the the business of Hasbro to give uh Wizard of the Coast its own division basically. Really? Uh, yeah. And that would be because according to the Wall Street Journal, uh Wizard of the Coast reposted a revenue of eight hundred and sixteen million dollars for twenty twenty, well, a twenty four percent increase from twenty nineteen.
2: Well I mean everybody's uh, at home what the hell else are they doing but playing D&D?
1: Here's 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 where that comes in. That is uh, so that is from D and D having uh, a great year, Magic the Gathering having a great year, mm. but Hasbro itself, uh, their sales was actually were actually down mm. uh, last year, uh eight percent loss of revenue in 2020, uh, which they partially are blaming on the uh, retail market shut down. Uh, during 2020, so that's probably somewhat true. I I, I totally I totally think that's somewhat that's somewhat true. What you know, plus you had like retailers like Toys R Us, yeah, coming and going and going yeah. again. Um, so yeah, so they are going to be their own division, which I I think also kind of uh, is also the other side of news is, uh, Wizards of the Coast is actually uh, inking a lease uh, in Bellevue, Washington. Uh ah. thirty-two thousand square feet. Um, yeah, they are. Uh, they, according to the company, uh, telling GeekWire that they've outgrown the Renton headquarters, and they will use the Eastgate offices to house a hundred to one hundred and fifty employees.
2: Uh, let's hope they don't. Let's hope they don't throw away any artwork in the move.
1: <laughs> yes, please don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd think they'd have learned their lesson by now.
2: Well, I'm gonna cover that when it's my turn.
0: I, so I,
1: I and I honestly I honestly would imagine with with the folks they have there now being actual professional people, Oof. uh they they you know they, they are very much uh but um yeah basically uh, from what I, I've been reading, uh, you know, across the board it's it's been a banner year for, for the D and D and D adjacent uh uh brands. Uh according to this uh d Beyond uh, had a where is the number now DD Beyond saw I think it was like a 300 percent increase in subscription rates something ridiculous like wow um, well I mean it makes
2: sense though yeah no
1: it totally makes sense um they also are going to be adding two new unnamed D&D video game projects oh Uh, One is going to be headed up by Hidden Path Entertainment, also at Bellevue, Washington, makers of Defense Grid 2 and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Okay. Uh, And then the other game is going to be headed by Other Side Entertainment in Boston and Austin, uh, which is currently working on the horror RPG System Shock 3. Well,
2: hopefully whatever project they end up doing, it won't be strictly pc and strictly high-end PC because that, you know, the whole like Baldur's Gate 3 thing pisses me off. But I digress. Uh,
1: and this game will be joining the Dark Alliance game that is supposed to be released at some point later this year, which is right. being, being done by Tuke Games uh, of Montreal.
2: Oh, nice. I can dig that. I can, I can get behind that.
1: Uh, I believe also, uh, and then with Magic the Gathering, um, they have been, you know, on a tear as usual. Uh Magic the Gathering Arena has been a big success for them because who can yes. go to the game store and play? Um, and they also have gotten into a lot of I mean beyond the the announced crossover with D and D. So I believe this year we're gonna get you're gonna get some Forgotten Realms, Magic the Gathering cards. That'll be interesting. Um, and Magic the Gathering, of course. Uh, we've had Ravnica and we've had uh Odyssey. Um as two actual settings uh, released officially. Um, but they've also been doing some licensing. So uh, last year, uh, there were new cards that introduced the Godzilla franchise uh, yeah. to Magic the Gathering. Um, uh, using the, It's the limited edition secret layer card sets. Uh, they, they also brought in The Walking Dead.
4: To- wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait.
2: Those are all magic cards now? Mm-hmm. And that means it's all D and D as well, because Magic Magic Gathering exists in D and D.
1: kind of, sort of. I, I so so.
2: Does that mean Godzilla could kick the Terrasques' ass? I mean,
1: I don't know. I mean, that, yeah, that, does the breath weapon count uh, with the reflective carapace or not? That's where you. Well,
2: I mean, yeah. these are. I think these that's are these are the real point. questions. These
1: are these are the questions that sages will be wondering. Here, (laughs) Uh, what what I find funny in the article from GeekWire is uh, you know, which means somewhere in the world, at least in theory, there has been a game of Magic: Gathering where Negan fought Mothra.
2: Get out of here! Other side, other one, (laughs) and (laughs)
1: one. Well, Mothra. You know, Rick. Oh, Oh, Lord. um, Also, uh, Games Workshop, the folks behind Warhammer 40K. Yes, sir. And uh, Middle Earth Enterprises, uh, the the owners of the J.R.R. Tolkien uh, works uh, are in creative partnerships with Hasbro. uh, And there are already plans for a full on Lord of the Rings themed expansion to magic. Really? Well, I hope I hope there is a card you shall not pass. It there absolutely be. has to be. There better be.
2: <laughs> and it has to be a blue card.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. Okay. Yeah. So no, no,
2: the Slow of the Rings. Wow is a different thing. Yeah, no.
0: Uh, <laughs> so no.
1: so so that's the Hasbro news with some D and d news and some magic news. So uh on Star Trek.com last week, uh For Investor's Day, uh, they revealed the uh, character images for Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, For those who don't remember, um, Star Trek Prodigy is the uh, upcoming animated uh, series that will be debuting on Paramount Plus uh, as well. I believe still as well on Nickelodeon. Um, Prodigy is Star Trek's uh, first Star Trek series for kids and family audiences. Um, and uh, basically picks up where a a group of uh, young people, six young outcasts, uh, find a ship and uh, commandeer. it. This show will also see Kate Mulgrew reprise the role of Captain Catherine Janeway. I dig her. Uh, How and how that's going to be done has still yet to be revealed, Uh, although Kate Mulgrew in an interview did reveal uh, that they had finished season one and had already started working on season two, which that's pretty ambitious uh, it, is. it is. to start doing something before it's been released. But that also shows uh, what, you know, what support they believe uh, this, you know, this show will have um, the character designs. I'm trying to pull up a picture to share with you guys.
0: The images uh, are really cute. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Usually you don't go Star Trek and then cute in the same sentence.
0: Oh, but and yet.
2: Right. That's what I think is interesting. It's like, yeah. Yeah, here we are.
0: Ta-da. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah.
1: they are. They're yeah. super
0: cute.
1: The other news that came out of Investor Day for Viacom is that Strange New Worlds uh, will be uh, coming out and it's going to be featured on the uh, Paramount Plus system Uh, Basically, Paramount Plus is going to basically bring the Star Trek universe fully over, so all of the series will be available for viewing on Paramount Plus. Uh, Are they going to
0: take them off everything else?
1: That I I haven't found that information, but I would imagine as the contracts expire, yes. They will probably be removed. Mm -hmm. Um, They won't have all of the movies on at one time, but they will, you know, the movies will be moved in and out. Um why?
0: Why can't I just watch the movies? I
1: believe it has to do with contracts with other services. You know why. It's rude. Um, well, yes. On on the Star Trek Voyager front, the same folks who gave us uh what we left behind, the DS9 documentary that Kayla and I still need to watch. Right. Uh, Today, March first, they launched uh four fifty 450, four fifty-five films launched an Indiegogo funding campaign for Star Trek Voyager,
4: the nice. documentary.
1: Um, and they blew through uh their original goal was hundred and fifty thousand uh was their first goal. Um and in the first few, few hours they, they basically hit that. Last I saw, uh they were somewhere around uh, two hundred and seventy-five thousand. Nice. Um, nice. The different levels of of support and perks you can select. Uh, you can start with anything from like five dollars, where you basically just are giving them money with no rewards. Uh, twenty-five dollars gets you a digital bundle. Uh, which has a target release date of September twenty twenty-two. Uh, thirty-five dollars Blu-ray DVD combo pack perk. Uh, with release date for that October twenty twenty-two. And if you go to $50, uh, you get some collectibles and your name in the end credits of the dock. Right on. Uh, there are some other perk levels and whatever. But uh, for 100 to $150, you can get on some celebrity Zoom calls with cast members from DSI and Voyager. What? And for $1,000, they're offering away missions where you can join up with other fans for guided tours of some iconic Voyager locations. Probably that same rocky outcropping somewhere in <laughs> the, the California chaparral where multiple things have been shot
2: you mean the gorn
1: (laughs) the gorn scene uh where 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 picard met uh damn it her name slips my mind uh to talk him uh, joining him on his mission uh yeah that that location and Uh, joe gets
2: a geek point for knowing exactly which episodes that fucking thing shows up in like (laughs) (laughs) um and if
1: you want the full package andy (laughs) <laughs> where you get, you get an associate producer per oh ten thousand dollars
2: do i get a trailer
1: i, I think it just uh guild
2: or whatever producers
1: yeah grand for like you... don't you get like healthcare care for, for like the remainder of your and
2: i mean it's kind of worth it
1: yeah i mean it's a grand but not, uh, <laughs> not <a> grand. <laughs> this is uh rumors but it's coming from deadline and i believe variety um for the Obi Wan series, the producers have reached Kuros to pluck yet another star for recommending this, <laughs> and then like
0: life happened.
1: So, so if you're going, wait a minute, she was on Game of Thrones, wasn't Pedro Pascal on Game of Thrones? And I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, Not yeah, only were they, 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 but they were they were lovers. Word. No, wait, she was she. No, yeah, she was. Oh, they, were, his, they were
2: they were yeah, they were husband and wife. I think.
1: No, she was... Sure? I, think she no, was just a, I think she was just a lover. I don't believe that uh, Oberon had actually married her. Oh, I don't know. Uh, because all of her children had the last name Sand, which in Westeros means that they are bastards of, nah, right the, uh, of the Kingdom of Dorne, or the, the, the Principality of Dorne.
0: It is also a gig point. Your memory uh, astounds me sometimes.
1: So, she will be joining the cast, uh, confirmed cast so far of Ah, uh, Ewan McGregor and Aiden Christensen.
2: Wait, well, Ewan McGregor's in this show?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was either that or resurrection spell on Alec Guinness.
0: I I would I would pay to see that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, you know what? You, you know how you know how Ewan McGregor is as Obi Wan is constantly made fun of. Like, there's memes of him saying that he is you know referenced as Jesus Christ and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. You know all the time, right? No, I, it's funny. Come on. Anyway, so <laughs> here's my concept: ewan McGregor plays Jesus Christ Superstar. See he now can he can say Yeah,
0: you're right. You, that is true, and and that would actually be cool just because he, as a person, is incredibly talented.
2: Yes, yes. I, I, I I would, would, either that I or would, Godspell.
0: Godspell would be good too.
2: True. I mean, I'd pay money to see Jesus Christ Superstar with Ewan McGregor. You know.
0: Yeah, no. If he, I... just,
2: if he just shows up at the
1: Last Supper and goes hello there, you know that would be <laughs> that
0: would be the best thing. Oh my god! Yeah, no.
1: He he would have to have at least one throwaway hello there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if it
1: if, and if it was done like the, like in a movie, there better be a fucking tight close up as he goes hello there, <laughs> like to oh Judas, god. like. To Ju- <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, Simon the Zealot, you know, has no, no, he,
2: he shows up at the marketplace to trash it, and he's like, "Hello there!" And, he just, <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus whips out a lightsaber and just starts going to town. Oh, jeez. Like,
1: <laughs> Although I have to say, my, my still my favorite, my favorite, like you McGregor Star Wars story is them having to tell him to stop making the humming noises. noises. Yes. Oh my! Like because you know, Andy and Kayla. Oh. That if we were doing Star Wars lightsaber fights, we would we would have to be told to stop it's hard not
0: to. It's like we have. Yeah, right? (laughs) We've done this. But like yeah, it's it's like going to Hamilton and not not singing along. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm talking about like George Lucas is there, you know, shooting you. Um, could you tell Ewan to please stop making the noise? (laughs) We have ADR for that. Uh, someone should, someone, I, there should be a cut with like that left in.
2: <laughs> It'd be the greatest ever. It'd be the
1: greatest <laughs> ever. <laughs> 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 just
4: left it in, <laughs> we the,
0: There's footage somewhere. We gotta find it.
1: There is, there is. uh <laughs> And my last bit of news. Hey, uh, did you think you were done seeing stuff from the Terminator universe?
0: No, we're never going to be done.
1: I don't have Uh, a problem
2: with the Terminator universe. It's not my favorite thing on earth, but I mean,
1: I haven't seen that. The last one they did the, uh, me
2: neither. neither. The last one I saw was salvation and I didn't hate it. Everybody was like, Oh, this was a stupid ass movie. I thought it was pretty damn good, but I mean, that's just me.
1: I saw, I saw the one after salvation, uh, was it Genesis spelled weird? Yes. Yeah. Um, that wasn't again not not terrible. Um, but the the one that came after where they you know got Linda Hamilton, you know, back involved. Mm-hmm. Um I did not see that one. I, I have seen it available on one or more of the streaming services that we have access to. So one of these nights I'm gonna have to pull that up and watch. Uh, but uh the Terminator will be returning to a TV near you. Netflix oh, new series. Is an anime series. Ooh. Uh, the first animated adaption of the franchise, Mattson Tomlin, will act as showrunner. Uh, Tomlin has had a, a big few years having uh, written Project Power for Netflix as well as co-writing The Batman. Uh, in announcing the project, Tomlin said, anyone who knows my writing knows I believe in taking big swings and going for the heart. I'm honored that Netflix and Skydance have given me the opportunity to approach Terminator in a way that breaks, breaks conventions, subverts expectations, and has real guts. Uh, in the same statement, uh, John Derteren, uh Netflix's mm-hmm. vice president of Japan and anime, that okay. uh, you know they had their own vice president of Japan and anime. Uh, Terminator is one of the most iconic sci-fi stories er- uh, ever created and has only grown more relevant to our world over time. The new animated series will explore this universe in a way that has never been done before. We can't wait for fans to experience this amazing new chapter and the epic battle between machines and humans. Uh, no details, uh, other details are released, uh, so we don't know uh, voice cast or when this might actually be on the, uh, the Netflix platform for you to enjoy.
2: I am so down for that, because honestly, I feel like, like that, that franchise, first of all, First of all, the reason I, I liked the reason I liked Salvation is because the whole movie took place in the apocalyptic future. Yes. Right. During that. So you got to see more of what life is like there and you got to see that aspect that we really haven't seen through we just know that, you know, humans are on the run and there's piles of skulls everywhere. Right. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> which which that's that was very thoughtful of the machines to actually pile the skulls to get them out <laughs> of the way, I feel um but uh uh the the concept of that you're taking it to animation you can do so much more for honestly a lot less money yeah you know um because i mean yes uh, you know uh, uh special effects cg is still a form of animation uh it's a bit more expensive than something that's been drawn
1: yeah you know? yeah the, the the mocap process and all of that right. is you know it's, right. it's, it's it's time and money
2: yeah exactly have so, you seen
1: I was to say, have you seen the transformers anime that's on netflix
2: of course i have i love it i think it's amazing um
1: which this is why I, I i like and seeing this like i'm feeling good because they they have taken the that that medium and they've shown that they can do something with it
2: exactly what you mean i can watch like an entire series of like my favorite G, g1 robots on cybertron and still enjoy myself, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, where do I sign up? Um, Yeah, no, it's... it's. I think this is a good idea. This will definitely push things, you know, into a new area. I think that uh, a lot of, uh, you know, obviously sci-fi and fantasy in particular, um, a lot of their... A lot of projects, a lot of things can be done almost better animated than Mm -hmm. they can be done you know live action it doesn't mean that i don't want to see live action trust me uh-huh. i i i absolutely love live action especially when they take our favorite anime animated stuff and then do a live action of it and then it turns out awesome
1: you know um uh, it, it's sort of like my thought with the like, what you're saying it's like there's that uh that clip that's always floating around like every couple of years of the star wars anime like the, mm. the x-wing Tie fighter battle
4: yes lo-
1: I yes. would I would kill for a but, for for uh, a, a animated Star Wars movie like that or animated yeah. Star Wars series like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I am so there with you. Um, yeah. Uh uh and I mean and Netflix has done this before. They've done they did, you know, a couple of uh, animated Godzilla films or uh know. uh series. They did an animated uh Ultraman uh which, you know, hey, ready player one fans. Woo. Um <laughs> uh and I mean you get to see a lot of these that's my prediction by the way we're going to talk about it in a minute. Um I think that I think you're going to see a lot of like especially because of covid climate because of the covid uh pandemic you're going to see a lot of stuff go this way. You know um to be able to you know hire all these people all these actors to come in and work closely with each other on set to do that, you know, to, to put together this series, while you know, I mean, is a you know, it, it's it's a needed art form. I don't think it's necessarily needed right this second. Um, when you can, you know, have voice actors who a lot of them do their stuff at home now. They have their own studios. They have their own mics. They have their own environments to where they can just record it, and and you know, do everything digitally remotely. Um, hey, why not? You know why? Why not? I th- I think you were going to see a huge animation resurgence, like in in entertainment as as an accepted art form, as more than just kids' stuff.
4: Kind of no?
0: seems like we're already seeing that.
2: Well, we are, we are, but but it's not like that that um that mentality has not hit mainstream. Okay, you know what I mean?
0: Uh huh. Like
2: like like um like well, at least not in North America. In Japan, uh, Korea, in you know in in Asia, uh, where uh, you know a lot of you know anime is is big there. They have entire series that are soap operas that are all animated, and it's it's just it's it's accepted there, and it's and a lot of times those are more popular than the live action stuff. You know they'll do uh, uh, you know courtroom dramas. They'll do every and and it's all animated. You know I mean it doesn't need to be you know. you know, uh, 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 Naruto and, Ani- and, and and you know, anime. It's it's just animated drama, hey. you know? And that's that's I think, I think, <clears throat> especially when it comes to Japan, they're they're much more advanced uh, mentally. <laughs> they're much more progressive uh, than we are, uh, while still being uh, uh, thoughtfully conservative. If if that's if that makes any sense.
0: That does make sense, and uh, like you said, especially in this climate, it, it makes sense that things would would go that way.
2: Yeah, it does. But no, that's a that's a great that's a great that's a great story, Joe. I I, I look forward to seeing Terminator. Yeah, uh, animated,
1: uh, and and uh, as more information is uh, released, we will definitely be carrying that because, like it's, I, I think what you're saying, especially is true with you know you can we can do so much you can do so much more animated than than then you can do um live action with cgi uh at a at a better cost point also yes. um you know you can also get you know some very talented voice acting folks in there um right. who they can play characters but they don't have to carry it based off of what they look Looks. like or who they are yeah. So. Kevin
2: Conroy. <laughs> Kevin Conroy. That man is not pretty, but he is the
1: sexiest Batman voice you'll ever hear. <laughs> uh, and that, that's it for my news. Uh, so I passed the torch.
2: You want to go? Or you want me to go? Okay. You can go. I can go. Yep.
4: All right. Cool. Cool.
2: Cool. Cool. I, have cool. To be, I mean... <laughs> um, I'm just going to cut my feed. Um, no. Uh, so yeah, I, I got a couple of things, guys. Let me just go down my my list. I actually made a list. Oh boy. And I never boy. made. it. yeah, right.
0: We're honored.
2: So, I know, right? So one of the coolest things we're talking about animation. Um, uh, this Friday, I'm so psyched for it. Probably not going to be able to buy it, you know, because that's what it's going to be there. It's you're going to have to pay for it at first before it becomes whatever you know available to stream. But Raya and the Last Dragon, yes. Disney's Disney's new. Um, uh, uh, animated feature is going to be uh, on available on streaming, um, and if if you guys have not seen this trailer or you know anything about it, oh man, you guys are really missing out. This is going to be this is going to be one of the best movies that they've ever done. Just my opinion. Um, let's see, directed by Ron Hall, Carlos Lopez Estrada, uh, written uh, by uh, Adele Lim, and I, I'm going to butcher this name uh Would you,
1: we, should we like to help you with it
2: sure queen 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 say it again we Nguyen. there you go queen win um yeah yeah it's it's going to be this this epic tale uh it's going it to be the stars you know, you've got kelly marie tran aquafina uh jemma chan uh daniel day daniel de kim sarah or sandra o oh, benedict wong um which you know bd wong is the bomb Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and of course uh you know in his in his ever-growing list of of um just (laughs) inane inane disney characters that really don't have lines or anything alan tudyk Uh, (laughs) uh yeah yeah this this just looks like a really really fun movie uh that uh, uh, is going to be based a lot in, is going to be not a lot in, but completely based in Asian lore uh, and, and, uh, and fantasy, which, I mean, I think that's high time we had something like that. Um, I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be Disney Plus with the Premier Access, which is what they did with uh, yes. Mulan.
2: Mulan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, <clears throat> Um, Got it here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, HBO's Green Lantern series. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah yeah. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. They have a, uh, it's going to be, I believe it's going to be an animated series. And uh, it has, uh, they, they finally have a release date. Uh, that's uh, going to be April 12th of this year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Who I knew, believe
0: right? I talked about it on the show early on. Uh, when they were talking about it, I believe I did a, a segment on it. So it's good to know it's, it's actually got a date now.
2: Right. I wouldn't have even mentioned it if there wasn't a date already, you know, it, <laughs> that, I would have been like, nah, we'll, 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 talk about it when there's a date. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, there's surprisingly s- still keeping a lot of this, a lot of, uh, a lot of details secret, you know, so you don't know what's going to be, what, who's going to, is it going to be like a green Lantern core or is it going to focus on, you know, Hal or Kyle or John or whoever. Um, as long as it doesn't focus on Guy Gardner. Um, I'll be happy. Unless uh, you get
1: to watch Batman punch him every <laughs> every episode.
2: <laughs> they need to put it in the credits, like the opening credits. Like <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, oh, Joe, I, I I did this just for you. Um, the Snyder Cut. Did Jeez. you know? Do, are you aware that it is not going to be in widescreen?
1: Yes, we, I think we actually talked about did we, this.
2: Did we talk about it already?
1: Um, well, we, we, I talked about it on the show because, uh, I think after we had you on, we, I, I did go and watch the cut ah. and then I like, I looked it up and yeah, he, he, he shot it. The, 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 uh, ratio he's shooting is the perfect one for IMAX. Yes. Uh, not, not for yes your your standard size TV right, right. or even which, standard movie screen actually Yes. Yeah,
2: it's, it's not at all um, which I mean that's fine with me I mean as long as I get as long as I get more JLA I don't care uh- <laughs> yes <laughs> See, even Kayla agrees yes yes <laughs> um I think that's going to be cool I think I think it, there is okay so. There is a, there's a kind of a theory out there that no, that it doesn't really matter if the Snyder Cut is good, if the Snyder is Cut is bad. Uh, because of what it has, it has been through, because of the hype, because of everything that it's taken to get this this thing on the screen in the public's view, uh, that it's pretty much too big to fail. Like, like, no matter what, it's going to be considered a triumph.
0: I have heard and, that said, yes.
2: Yeah, you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, I mean, I, I kind of think that that is, unfortunately we need, I feel like, like the DCEU needs something like that as a shot in the arm kind of to get things properly moving, you know, because I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're dragging their feet, but then they're trying to catch up, but they're doing it sloppy. And I mean, it, it just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping this is the. This is the uh, the adrenaline shot they need to really say, you know, OK, now we can do this and we can do it correctly. So
1: mm-hmm. Andy, here's, here's
2: something. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, I wanted to circle back on the Green Lantern series. Yeah, it is a live action Green Lantern series. Uh, we, did are covering t- we did cover this. Um, it will be uh, it's a core, uh, a corpse, uh, a, a core movie. Okay. Uh, Alan Scott, Guy Gardner, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. I get my Alan Scott. You get Alan Scott. Oh, you have to share Alan Scott though, because that's no. He's mine. No, he's mine.
2: All right, you can be yours too.
1: Right, but share him because you know I fell in love with him because he was a member of the All Star Squadron. Right. Right.
4: (laughs) Also a geek point.
1: I like it. Yeah. So it's going to it. It's going to be live action, uh, nice. yeah. And so it starts shooting next month. Sweet. How uh, are they going
2: to? They're starting to shoot it next month, but it's already going to be on. It's a month. No, they're starting shooting next month. It's not same
4: it's,
0: thing. Yeah.
2: No. Okay. Right. Right. It's it's not it's not airing next month. They're
1: starting shooting next month. That's what uh, it was. Okay. That's what it was. Um. Go ahead. Guggen- Mark Guggenheim is uh, one of the executive producers. Ooh, I like his work.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be good. Here's so. here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yep. Well, I haven't seen them do anything bad, like on HBO series. Like, there's, it's really hard to do a bad HBO series, as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. Everything yeah, it's it's
1: been out, a while since they've really put out a, a stinker.
2: Yeah, it, it has. It has really, really, really. Um, they just don't know how to finish a series. That's all. <laughs> um. <laughs> um oh. Uh, Kong versus Godzilla. You guys. You guys excited for this at all?
1: I gotta like, be honest. I haven't point? seen. I haven't seen the most recent King Kong one. That was the Skull, Skull Island. Skull Island was good. It was. And it was, I good. go ahead. I saw. I know they've done two new Godzilla movies. I remember seeing the first one, which is mm-hmm. Godzilla fights everything in the dark. and Brian (laughs) Chan is there for some reason. (laughs) Um, And and seriously, (laughs) that that movie was just so dark. It was. It was like literally. You Um, and then there was 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 what King of the monsters or something like that. Monsters,
2: King of the Monsters. I didn't see. I
1: did not see the King of Monsters.
2: Okay, do yourself a favor. Um, Have you guys have you guys gotten HBO yet? Like the HBO Max. No, no, we haven't. We okay, too. All right, all right. I'm giving you. I'm
1: giving you my login after this. I'm <laughs> not gonna release time. it on the air. No, not <laughs> gonna release <really stop. laughs> it. After <laughs> that, can you give us your 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 social security number? <laughs> no,
2: it's on a truck. It's that's on a truck driving around the city.
1: Um, Andy, you're you're the guy behind LifeLock. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> son
2: of a bitch. <laughs> all has been revealed. Um, no, uh, yeah. Do i'll give you my login you guys do yourselves a favor watch it it's the best thing it's it's not the best thing it's 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 a very uh faithfully done uh well done treatment of the godzilla mythos and I'm,
1: uh i have loved godzilla for forever so there you go my friend
2: so yeah godzilla is everybody's friend even if he's stepping yes. on you he's still your buddy yes um which, which kind of, you know, uh, leads me into what we're talking about here. The, the, have you, you guys have seen the trailer for it, for Godzilla versus Kong. I yes. have seen the trailer.
4: Okay. Yes.
2: Okay. So, you know, it's literally by the title, Godzilla versus Kong. It's a knockdown dragout fight between the two of them. Um, uh-huh. And, and the whole thing is, is they're showing the trailers are showing. And a lot of times they have done this in the past, especially with Godzilla films uh uh the, the 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 last two Godzilla films they have um shown some very misleading uh footage in the trailers um they've oh, shown yeah? Thing, oh yeah, yeah yeah they've they've shown things that were like like just out and out not true to like uh ah, well, we showed you this and kind of played this piece of audio after it and you kind of drew that conclusion yourself, but from what they're showing in the trailer is that um It leads you to believe that that something has made or Godzilla has decided to just kind of go rogue and just kind of trash stuff indiscriminately, uh, just kind of wreck cities and kill people indiscriminately and not really caring. And there's no real rhyme or reason to it. And it kind of, it's like, well, we need something to, we need a way to fight him to, you know, to stop him. And, well, here's this big gorilla on an island. Let's go get him and um it kind of has mecha godzilla vibes to me Mm. you know because i mean there was you know if you if you've ever seen mecha godzilla mecha godzilla the plot is like there's a there's a a godzilla going around just trashing stuff indiscriminately and everybody's going what the hell what's wrong with you why are you being a dick turns out it's actually not godzilla it's mecha godzilla it's like uh and the real godzilla comes up and he's like you know like get, get my name out your mouth kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I am. Right. Right. Stop spreading rumors, bitch. And you know um, and they have it out. So I'm thinking maybe there's something along those lines going on. Um, uh, And they have, uh, I'm not ruling out the possibility of them bringing in somebody, somebody else from the, the Kaiju universe. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe something like Ultraman. Uh, That'd be just, fun. Just because, you know, yeah, it would be because, you know, uh, Ultraman is, he's an alien uh, and, uh, uh, or the technology is alien. And um, we already know that, that Ghidra uh, or Ghidorah or however you want to pronounce it. Ghidra is, uh, uh, he's already an alien. He's from another world. Uh, and um, they had him. Wait, King Ghidra. King, I'm, have you seen King of Monsters?
1: No, I haven't. But I'm just all right, shut your mouth. <laughs> Listen, you give my guy in a rubber suit his, his deserved. He's a king, goddammit. <laughs>
4: um,
2: <laughs> anyway, so so King Ghidra, you know, he's from another world. He's from, you know, whatever. And uh, so I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility, especially since I mean, they've they're kind of doing Pretty much everything that fans have been clamoring for for decades, anyway, um, in these in these movies. So, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But uh, that is airing this month on 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 HBO Max, uh, as well in select theaters. Although I don't know who in their right minds would actually visit a theater at this moment. Um,
0: I just have such trouble when they pick on Kong. Dude is just trying to like live his life and people keep screwing with him makes me mad
2: that's because
1: kayla likes monkeys
0: i do just (laughs) leave them alone and let them live
1: traveling around (laughs) beating the hell out of dinosaurs
0: (laughs) i know but just all they want is just they want their jungle and to be left alone and just people keep screwing with them Frickin, do you know how many times I had to watch Mighty Joe Young because it was my kid's favorite movie and I cried every damn time.
1: Yeah. <sighs> there is a there's a meme. I, I, love, I love the original Mighty Joe Young. I, I can't I can't deny that. I was. Yeah,
2: No, it's 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 a good one.
1: Wait, Andy, that um, was your that was your cue to go. We got it, Joe. You're old. Well,
2: <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to beat a dead horse. You know? I mean,
0: it only works once.
2: Some jokes only work once, bro. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no. There's a there's actually there's a meme floating around uh, when when the the Kong first Godzilla trailer came out. It um, it's a picture of a of a silverback at a zoo. It looks like it's at like Animal Kingdom or something like that, right? And there's people gathered around it, you know, like watching it from the other side of the the moat or the the ravine or whatever. And the gorilla's just kind of sitting there, and the way he's positioned he's he's got his hands out and his mouth open like he's giving a lecture okay <laughs> and and he's going and it, it says it says look i'm all for you know a good knockdown drag out fight but guys we're talking about a radioactive dinosaur like <laughs> uh-huh. and it's just it's
1: it's very very funny
0: uh-huh.
1: all well and good until fey ray gets uh gets manhandled <laughs> oh my goodness Ray.
0: He was That's trying to be point.
4: gentle.
2: That's a geek point right there. <laughs> That's a geek point. Absolutely. So, Thank you.
1: so wait, so 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 wait. This is like I don't know, like the 36th Godzilla movie, and I don't know what the 12th King Kong movie. Something along those lines. It's oh just I love that they keep going back to this, but it's it's just like I love I love watching big monsters fight as much as the next guy, but right. What's I your, think it's your, just art?
0: a way to show off uh, technology. technology as it gets better.
2: yeah, of course. I mean it's like you know we did we saw we saw what it was like through you know different stage we, we, we saw what it was like to make these movies you know through different stages. I mean the original King Kong, honestly one of my favorite monster movies ever. Yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge monster movie fan, not horror monster movies. like I uh-huh. love that kind of stuff. Uh, King Kong is amazing to me um, the the patience and the talent to do a stop motion film about a giant mm-hmm. gorilla in 1931 like is that's astounding you know yeah. um and and then of course you know you have the uh, the the 70s king kong you know the uh the jeff bridges uh mm-hmm. you know film that yeah ended up being at universal which is awesome uh and I'm I'm actually sorry they got rid of that right? but, <laughs> uh, sorry, ADHD, ADHD brain. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, Congress Godzilla is going to be a good movie. Um, and that's going to be, I believe mid month this month. Um, I want to say around maybe the 18th. Yeah, it is on the 18th. Okay. It is. It is on the 18th. Okay. Um,
1: Oh, Are you sure? Cause I'm seeing the 31st.
2: Are you sure? Are what did I see that was, that was coming out the 18th? Uh, internationally,
1: March 26th, United States, March 31st. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I Bastards. Could be wrong.
2: Right? Everybody else gets it before we do? What's up with that? We made the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What up with that? What up with that? Um, hashtag what up with that? <laughs> uh, guys, guys, Spider-Man No Way Home.
1: I know.
2: What's up with that? What is up with that? Are we getting, um, this is going to be our Spider-Verse movie, right? I,
1: it feels like, like the name of it kind of
2: like they get so, stuck in another so,
1: dimension. So two thoughts because of how Spider-Man uh, far from home ended. Yeah. With J. Jonah outing him. Right. I mean, technically Peter Parker really can't go home.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, you can't go home again, kind of thing.
1: But, um, but with Doctor Strange and the, you know, was the Ma- multiverse of madness or something coming out? Yes, um, I would not rule out a uh, a little Spider Verse shenanigans.
2: Now, here is here is the question, Joe, because and Kayla, because you know, you guys are comic geeks as well. Um, so, so we have what you just said. They set it up for this multiverse of madness uh, in the comics. Peter's Peter's, a, you know, he's, he's him and Stephen stranger buddies. They have been to the multiverse several times together or, you know, into the different multiverse realms and whatnot. Uh, Peter's no, Peter's no stranger to this. Um, so the whole, like uh, uh, Jonah outs him, right. Which, which was in civil war. Do you guys remember that when, when Peter outed himself, Mm-hmm. And and kind of said he he held a press conference and said, "I'm Peter Parker and I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old, right?" Correct. Um, which which caused which caused a bunch of problems. Remember? Yes. Uh, which yeah. leads to uh, was it one more day? One more day. One more day. This is what I'm getting at. So, <sighs> all right. So we've got multiverse of madness, Doctor Strange. Right? Mm-hmm. We have. We have Wandavision, mm-hmm. right? Um, have we talked Wandavision yet? Have we done this? Are we going to we, do?
1: We've we 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 mentioned Wandavision. We talk about Wandavision, but because this will come out less than a week after the most recent episode, we will not okay. talk about the most recent episode.
2: Okay, 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 okay. Um, so we're not going to talk about that. But factoring that in, what you know about it, right? Mm-hmm. Plus the multiverse, plus. Uh, the Spider-Man uh, and and the most, and if you consider what they end up doing a lot of times in comic book films is taking uh, the most popular storylines or the biggest storylines in the mm-hmm. comics and kind of reef, you know, retooling them for the screen. Um, do you think we're going to get a one more day storyline? You think, you think all of these Spider-Man films are going to culminate into a
1: one day more storyline in which we actually end up seeing Mephisto. Um. As we as as you were unrolling this and I, I was seeing where the, the track was going, I have been mentally trying to cast who I would like to have play Mephisto. <laughs> uh well, I mean, I, I'll
2: tell you right now, we're getting uh Matt Smith as nightmare. Yes. So um let's let's just say David Tennant.
1: <laughs> uh, would you go with David Tennant since he since he appeared as uh the, the Purple Man in uh, Jessica Jones? You know what? You can't. Right. You can't. Well, no, you
2: can't. I mean, Michael B. Jordan played two Marvel characters.
1: Ah, but they were Jennifer not. Ah, uh, but they were Fox Marvel before they became MCU Marvel. Apples and oranges. Potato, potato. I'm just saying. <laughs> because part of me wants to have uh, Christopher Eccleston be Mephisto, but he but was already.
2: Yeah. He but he's true. forgettable. It's literally that whole movie is forgettable, in my opinion. Dark World? Yes. Dark World's completely forgettable. You're you're
1: not entirely wrong.
2: Um, um so yeah, he could do
1: it again. Nobody would notice. Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> But but no, you no, you're right, you're right. You really couldn't use Tenet because he's already been purple man. Uh uh, so yeah, yeah. So you gotta come up with somebody who's just who would just be amazing playing somebody evil like Mephisto. Um, god, that's the, that's the guy that's
1: question. The, the next one that comes to my mind uh it would be uh Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles Dance could do See, I was thinking young, you're going older. That's cool. Uh, I like that. Well, um,
1: let's be let's be fair. Mephisto is going to be 85% computer generated like Thanos. So you really just need his voice. You're right. Voice and 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 outline of his you know mm-hmm. facial structure. Yeah. Um but for some reason I'm now thinking that he's got like something big coming up soon as well, where he's going to be
2: Charles Dance. Um yeah. oh I saw him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing something big coming up soon, and I can't think of what it is. That's killing me. Uh
1: the Sandman series. Yes. He's playing Roderick Burgess. So yeah, I probably can't get him. Yeah. So he's probably out. (laughs) 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 Can we get (laughs) Neil (laughs) Gaiman?
2: To play Mephisto because he looks like him.
1: Um, Just because I would love to hear that voice, you know, work a bargain, you know, work work the deal with, with Tom Holland.
2: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) that I, I can't, I can't say it wouldn't be great because it definitely would. Um,
1: be, because as I remember from that, that arc, like Mephisto was really like, you really don't want to do this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. He's like, are you sure? Because even he's like, whoa, bro, you got you know, think about it. You've got a wife and kid. <laughs> like, do you really want to give this up? Like Mephisto has a, has a moment of heart for Peter yeah. Parker going. Well, I, I, yeah. He, because even he realized, yo, Peter, man, you've had so much shit happen to you. I can't even fuck with you this hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, first of all, when you can when you can convince Doctor Strange to take you to to Mephisto's to to, to bargain with them, <laughs> yeah, you know, that that took a bit as well. Yeah,
4: oh. yeah,
2: but no, I I think I mean I mean, d- what do you think? Does that sound plausible? That we'll get a
1: one more, a day. one more
2: day, moment.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying. But here's the thing: keep in mind, this is the last picture on Tom Holland's contract.
2: Yes, that's what I'm saying. But I don't think I think that it'll just be a renegotiation because I don't think he's done playing it. He certainly isn't done playing it. He doesn't want to be done playing it. He loves the character too much. That's just what I've seen. What I've yeah, no, no, no,
1: no. I yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting question because I mean. I guess it depends upon how the contracts going, whether or not it's one more day and it resets, you know, to before J Jonah reveals him or right. one more day. And Peter Parker is no longer Spider-Man and it's miles Morales.
2: That's that, you know what? I wouldn't hate that at all. That would be pretty cool actually. Um, because uh, you know, I mean, I like, I like miles Morales. I, li- I, I like the character. I like his concept. Um, it's it's hip. It's a great way to bring a new Spider-Man, you know, to, to bring new life into the character, uh, especially especially on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would be that would be really cool. Um, I'm I, I'm also not counting out that because it's a because it's going to be a multiverse story because it is um, that there is going to be it could be that there is one that, or like that. That's not that the, the one more day will happen, but not to Tom Holland. Mm. Like maybe it'll be um, Toby. <laughs> 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 I mean, because he's the one that's, he's pretty much the oldest Peter, you know, out of the yeah. live actions. him, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, um, he's the one that got, was allowed to grow up and have a career and have a, a family and a wife and, and all that stuff. So, you know, I kind of foresee something like that happening to him. Maybe
1: we do know some of the casting for, uh, for no way home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got the, 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 the four leads, right. Um, you know, Tom Hollins and Daya, Jacob battle Marissa Tomei.
4: Right.
2: Jamie is Fox happy, is, is happy in it.
1: Uh, I do not see, uh, John Favreau listed.
2: Oh, interesting. But yeah, uh, Jamie Foxx. So that Jamie means we're
1: doing. Right. Jamie Foxx will be doing Max Dillon Electro. Um, he will not be depicted Ooh. as blue, is the, is the Ooh. word. Ooh, you know what that means? And, and there's one more. Or there's a couple, two more. I, no, go ahead. Go ahead and say them because I. I Alfred know Molina.
2: Okay. Alfred Molina. You know, uh, you know what we're Oct- doing?
1: Auto-, Octav- Auto Octavius Doc Octopus. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course we do have Benedict Cumberdat Cumberbatch, uh, slated in as Dr. Strange, right? Yes.
2: So I'm thinking maybe they're setting up a, um, a sinister six moment.
1: That would be interesting.
2: Different. You know, you get a villain from, or a couple of villains from each crossing multiverse crossing over and they say, you know, we all have one problem. Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Uh, why, why why couldn't that happen?
1: <laughs> that that is and again we also do have that uh there was confirmation that uh was that confirmation that um Andrew Garfield, uh Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. um Toby McGuire mm-hmm. uh were in talks to return, as was maybe yeah. Emma Stone, um, which really does give the whole one the, more day. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be one epic Spider-Man movie, I feel. This is going to be an amazing film. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the Avengers of Spider-Man films. <laughs> so,
1: uh, and I'm seeing something here that Charlie Cox...
2: Oh, so at least... It, I think he'll just be Matt Murdock, though.
1: You, how is, would how is he be Matt Murdock without being Daredevil?
2: Daredevil. Because they'll just show him as Matt Murdock and not Daredevil it'll still be daredevil mm-hmm. <laughs> he would just be matt murdock you know what i mean like uh like he'll just be a cameo where he represents somebody <laughs> you know and uh maybe in- matt uh,
1: murdock is is part peter parker's legal uh representative when he goes to make a deal with mephisto cuz you got to go. take a lawyer to hell with you
2: <laughs> we have to do a whole show just about this movie
1: <laughs> but just our hairbrained our yeah.
2: ideas about it, like, but you know what though? How much of that is? I don't know. How much of that is really harebrained when you think about it? I mean, there's been, you know, for the for the lack of a better word, worse things
4: mm-hmm. to be
2: put on celluloid <laughs> than, than than the ideas we're coming up with.
1: We're looking uh, at you, Fantastic for Rise of the <laughs> Silver Surfer. <laughs>
2: I'm looking at you, like almost everything Fox has done besides the X Men
1: films. Um, uh, the release date for No Way Home, December seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. There you go.
2: So, what hey, that means? They're, that means they're almost done with principal photography, probably.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's
2: interesting. Uh, I like did you did you see did you see the little short that they did yes. for it? Where, <laughs> where they just basically threw Tom Holland under the bus, saying yeah
1: secretly. Yeah, I was like, why is he why is he you know, upset with me? It's because you can't keep a secret. Well, what did I ever leak? The, <laughs> last, you film? the last film.
2: <laughs>
1: That's why if you look
2: during interviews, they have to send somebody with him to shut mm. him up. <laughs> uh,
1: he's just very giving.
2: Yeah. He's yeah. Well, he just wants everybody to have a good time. Um uh, yes. Definitely. Uh so so yeah, uh I, I think it was announced today. Uh that uh, San Diego comic-con is going to be virtual. Okay. Right. Um, and that is taking place in July. Like it usually does. Um, and, uh, not much on that except for just the usual, you know, look forward to having, you know, basically the same thing they did this past year. Uh, probably just with a little bit more organization to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to it like, because that way, because I can sit back and look at it from my, I can go to comic-con. when you think about it uh, you know that that means I went to Comic Con last year because I watched everything you know and uh, uh, nothing was different than the guys who usually you know the day after Comic Con buy tickets for Comic Con right (laughs) but um,
1: it looks like it looks like uh, just kind of on that con kick looks like from what I'm seeing is they're planning to do Gen Con though in person
2: I think that's a bad episode. It's a bad idea, man. You just, you can't, you you can't, you can't do that. I mean, that's just, that's, that's criminal negligence in my opinion. Like, like there was, okay. So, uh, a month ago, two months ago, something along those lines, there was a, there was an anime convention down in Miami. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're in, we're in South Florida. Uh, just so everybody's aware. I think everybody is aware who listens to us. Um, so, there was an animated convention down in miami, and um I mean, people went, and yeah, they had they had you know their their guidelines, you know,' where making sure everybody is you know wearing masks and everybody is you know practicing social distancing, which, from what I hear, went right out the window, the social mm-hmm. distancing part, and people were, you know, they were. You know, a lot of people took, uh, there were, you know, meet and greets and stuff like that. And, 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 uh, uh, big social, uh, uh, gatherings where masks weren't worn, all that stuff went right out the window. And, and a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the people were, were really upset. I mean, thank God, uh, they they're really, from what I hear, there weren't really, there was maybe a couple of COVID cases reported afterward, but I mean, you know, th- you can't do stuff like that, guys. I mean what how does nobody realize that, you know, or, or not nobody, but how does these, so many people realize that not realize that, you know, this, this is, this is serious, man. I mean, my daughter got it and she got it from, she got it from somebody at her job, you know, who, who had it and didn't care. She just told me about yesterday where a friend of hers, where her, um, uh, a friend of hers, uh, works at the airport and at, at, at MIA, mm-hmm. uh, where, Somebody got on a plane on American Airlines, got on a plane, and then just before takeoff, as they closed the door, and the, the, uh, uh, the, the flight attendant was just finishing the announcements, stood up and announced to everybody, Hey, I just want to let everybody know I have COVID. What are you doing on a plane? How do you yeah. not realize how communicable your disease is? Stay home. I mean, yeah. it, there's no, trust me, trust me, everybody else is staying home. You're not missing anything. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna, I mean, uh, Blizzard, uh, Blizzard Con that yeah. happens every year was done virtually this year, and you didn't miss a damn thing. You know, you could still go on, the, you didn't have to buy tickets for it. It was free. You could go on YouTube and watch it.
1: I mean, it, 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 <sighs> there are so many other ways. To have these, I mean, is it the same experience? No. But right now, that experience that you want to have could lead not, to, yeah, it could lead to your or someone else's death.
2: Right, and 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 just to let you know, that experience that you that you have, say you go to that event, that experience is not going to be the experience that you would have had a year ago, two years ago.
1: It's You're not be, hugging you, Matt Mercer.
2: Right. Right. I hugged Matt Mercer, but right. that, I digress. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, even if I went, even it could have been. I could. They could have San Diego Comic Con and give me a free ticket, and and have the entire cast a Critical Role there, and has have completely resurrected Stanley, and I would not go because of because I don't want to die. I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, resurrect Stanley. I mean. Okay, so A, he might be a vampire or a zombie at that point. B, I mean, at worst, he's a lich.
1: Okay, San Diego Comic Con, they're flying out there, everybody's there, and resurrected Siegel and Schuster.
0: Um, oh, he's got you there. Where the hell have
2: you been? No, I'm just kidding. Spot <laughs> Kayla out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> um,
0: oh I sucked out for a little bit, it's fine. Um,
2: Oh God! It's Kayla with a steel chair. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: if you throw in, if you throw in Bob Kane, you got a deal. All right. Let's... If I throw in Bob Kane, I have to put Jerry Robinson there too. Um, okay, so
2: let's just go down the list. You and, know. Bill and Bill Finger. Bill um, Finger, Martin O'Dell,
1: um, Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At that point, then it's just like, fuck it. I'm going because. <laughs> at, that point, at, at that
2: point, you got to wonder, how are they resurrecting people? I mean, <laughs> why have we not been doing? There this are bigger now?
0: questions,
2: <laughs> much bigger questions, like <laughs> where is this train going, and how do I get on it
1: <laughs> um, and, and And will Kevin Smith be doing his hall h presentation? No <laughs> uh no. okay, what yeah, everybody get
0: gets it. one of those big blow up bubbles. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like American
1: gladiators. It's
0: just yeah, it's like one big like bounce house and everybody just kind of bounces off each other. Do you It'll know? Be how fine.
1: Warm, do you know how warm those things get? Yes.
0: Ew. Ew. Yeah. Oh, in
1: San Diego in July. <laughs>
2: and nobody uses deodorant. <laughs> <sighs> they just they just spray themselves down with axe. Ew. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so all right. So a,
1: I'm wearing Electric Defender.
2: <laughs> oh. God. You always going to step across the line, don't you? You're going to take it one step further than I would. <laughs> um, ooh. Ooh. Joe, new Superman reboot. Have you heard about this? I believe I've seen some things about it. I've It's going to be done by by our, our buddy JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams, yes. It's going to be done by him, and, and they've literally said nothing else about it. Uh, so there's it's literally nothing but speculation. Nobody knows if it's going to be Henry Cavill, if they're going to re- if they're going to do a new
1: actor for Henry, you know, for for Clark. Um, the, you know, the, I did. Go ahead. The cool thing I have seen is uh, Tanisi uh, Coates writing,
2: and and please tell us who that is.
1: Uh, Tanisi Coates, I believe he is a comic book writer, but he is also a, I believe an academic. Um, he he's, I believe, he's an academic in. He does a lot of things about race and and culture. Uh, he had a really good run on Black Panther and Captain America. Um, he's received a Genius Grant from the MacArthur Foundation. Yes, uh, and a novelist. Uh, his first novel was published in 2019, The Water Dancer.
2: Now, what what this could mean by having him on the writing team, uh, what this could mean is that we are getting uh, something a bit more multicultural. Uh, there is, I believe it's Earth-19's Superman that is actually black, uh, which, I mean, not out of the realm of possibility since they have literally said that the multiverse exists, yep. so all of it is canon.
1: In fact, the, uh, the next uh, Flash movie is basically going to be all about that. I,
2: I love this so much that we're getting just multiverse everything, everywhere, in everything. And, and I think that's, that's beautiful.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> or or it's just proof that without a Kevin Feige... You know, no, I guess they're we're lazy. Feige, you know, that we're just being lazy? It's not lazy, but it's just sort of like, you, you want to you do a movie? Okay. Okay, but that doesn't this doesn't fit the canon. We already, you know what? Earth twenty seven, <laughs> Earth six three seven seven. One was my DC Earth, and the other one was my Marvel Earth. Absolutely. Um, I, it, it I don't know, it it's sort of where it's like, you know, Star Wars doesn't need a multiverse. No, no. So, so you feel that maybe we don't need. I, you more, know, I'm not saying that because I'm a I'm a, I'm a I I am a huge fan of the various Earths of the various. In fact, though, I was kind of I I have to admit, like I knew that like there were the other planes in Marvel. I I think I had stopped my Marvel reading before like they started doing the other the other Earths.
2: I haven't seriously read a Marvel book since um, Brightest Day. That's that's my you know, I I can be shot for that. Um, oh, no, that's, that's not even. I'm sorry, that's DC. I was gonna I mean, say,
0: uh, no, I, I, I wasn't gonna say anything. Oh I was waiting. God. I was
1: like, was, did, did they borrow the same name? All right, guys, and I'm no. My other thought was, was like, is Andy saying that DC stuff was so good after, starting after Brightest Day that he just didn't bother looking at Marvel books? Because that's an interesting stand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, no, actually, no, 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 uh, uh, one more day. Is, is the last okay. real Spider-Man story I read. And that was in 2008. So it's been a long time since I've seriously read, uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll pick up a story here or there, like a, like a just, I mean, I don't have, I got, I got shit to do. So, mm-hmm. so I, I don't have a chance to read everything, you know? Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll pick up a, a graphic novel here or there, or I'll sit down with my, with my Kindle, Comicsology. Hey guys, I'm, pu- I'm, I'm plugging you uh, for free. Uh, comiXology is the best, is the best. Uh, why?
1: <laughs> no plugging for free. <laughs> uh,
2: I want, I want swag. Um, no, uh, no, I get you. Um, I'm kidding. But, I know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, like I said, I don't have time to read everything. So yeah, the, the last thing I read was, was from 2008. So a lot of stuff has happened since then.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, I, I don't think that it's, you know when when you get it. I mean, actually, you know that was Marvel. DC. I've read you know a bunch of stuff since then. You know that I've just kind of picked up because I'm a DC fan more than Marvel. Um, but uh, I, I think the idea of a of of the multiverse, where I think it works for one, where it doesn't necessarily work for the other. Like I think it would work for for Mar. I think it's going to work better for DC than it is for Marvel because I think DC's um i think dc's world their universe is far more convoluted and it's been rebooted far more times than marvel's ever has mm-hmm. so so you've got you know i mean like literally every year they were doing something with crisis this crisis that mm-hmm. crisis 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 where they have had to reboot the universe and and rewrite it trying to straighten things out and they can't I just, whereas really, I mean, you think about it, Marvel, uh, I think it's just a few characters that they keep rebooting. Like, <clears throat> to be honest, uh, uh, Wanda Maximoff has been rebooted so many times. Nobody even really knows what her original storyline, what, what the correct storyline or, you know, her mm-hmm. origin really is. She's like the Hawkman of Marvel. Um, <laughs> um and Hawkman fans will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I see, I, I think the whole multiverse thing is cool for uh, Marvel and that's their way to do things like literally the multiverse is their way to, that's the way how they, how they incorporate everything that they bought from Fox. And that's, that's how I'm, that's how I'm looking at it is that's, that's how we're getting mutants. That's how we're getting Daredevil. That's how we're getting all of the characters that Fox said that they couldn't have in their movies because they were owned by Fox and now here we got it again. I think that's, you know, I think that's how it's going to work. Um, I think it's going to benefit DC a lot better, this multiverse, because again, here again, you know, you've got, hell, they did it on Flash already where they had Ezra Miller meeting mm-hmm. uh, uh, Grant Gustin, which was a really cool moment, even though I'm not a fan of Ezra Miller. Because um, in my head, I'm thinking, if you're going to get Ezra Miller, just get Justin Long. It would have been funnier. Um, <laughs>
4: Sorry, but he has uh, to get the
1: voice from uh, Zach and Mary. Yes.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, God. Hi, I am Barry Allen, the fastest man alive.
2: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, no, the J.J. Abrams uh, S- Superman reboot. I think that's going to be neat. J.J. Abrams. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Mr. J.J. Um, I, I, just,
1: I just worry about the lens flares.
2: Oh, man think? Although oh, no, he's
1: not directing. He's he's producing. He is producing, right? He's
2: not directing it. So, here's a concept uh just popped into my head. JJ Abrams, right? And um what's his face? Um Transformers director, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> they do a film together. No. <laughs>
4: Why?
2: <laughs> no. You're just no no nope. <laughs> oh come on joe no joe we wouldn't see anything on screen it would just be explosions and lens flares <laughs> like <laughs> somebody be talking you don't know who it is it would be like a movie where it's for for people with astigmatism.
1: stigmatism um, <laughs> with a stigmatism what say it again so someone with a stigmatism uh,
4: <laughs> I, I
2: just ugh. I'm listening to you. I'm going to I almost did a water spit right over my I, just, my I just, No.
1: No, no, no Michael Bay. Cuz listen, how much shit did, did did people throw at Man of Steel because of all the things blowing up?
2: <laughs> how much worse would it have been if Michael Bay had directed it? Oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> no.
2: No, just it would have been a bunch of like it would have been a, like the camera would have just done like like circular movements around everybody the entire time. It would have just it would have been.
0: Uh, so now <laughs> that we have fueled everyone's nightmares,
2: <laughs> I got more stuff, but I can save it. Um, uh, unless you guys want to talk about the the reason I dragged you guys over to my house the other night. <laughs>
0: Now we have to because otherwise people are gonna really wonder.
2: <laughs> no, we can do it as a cliff as a, as a as a cliffhanger. Let's tune, in, let's tune in next week to find out.
1: Yeah, yeah let, there we we're, go. we're getting we're getting a little little long, and I have to edit this uh, train wreck at some point. So. You're gonna edit out half our conversation about about Spider Man. So. Why? <laughs> Why would I do that? That was Why gold.
0: You- <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I just shut up and let you do it. Like <laughs>
2: Oh, you heard all that?
0: <laughs> I was here. Uh,
2: I'm having way more fun than you guys are. I can tell you that right now.
0: No. Uh, <laughs> definitely having fun. Yeah. Um, so do we want to so, cut it?
1: You wanna cut it? Let's 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 tease. We went to Andy's and Pam's for, for, for a reason and we'll talk about it the next time Andy's on.
0: Yeah. Okay, and I will save my news for next time.
1: Oh, now I feel bad.
0: No, no, no! It's fine. It's fine. It's you guys got off on a really cool rant, and yeah. that's what this show is all about. I, I don't, I don't think I have anything that can't, that can't wait.
2: We should start doing polls, like, like who do you think is right? You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, like, you know, shout
0: out in the comments.
1: Tell you, yeah, exactly. I think that would be cool. Oh. <laughs> so, so, poll. Uh, would Man of Steel been a better movie if Michael Bay had directed it? Yes, no. <laughs> Is that what we're, what we're looking at? Because I will put that one up on Twitter. God.
0: You like starting <laughs> fights, don't you? <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, God. Yeah, no, totally. You got to do it. You have to okay. do it now.
4: All right. <laughs> oh, Gentlemen. God. Yes.
0: I love you both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> oh. uh, you know, it's funny because, like, Zach was the geekiest. But now yeah. Joe is up on him by one, so
1: there you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling Zach is going to be sad he missed this. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I, I was actually like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out because, like, I was starting like, you know, maybe we should start thinking about doing like, oh, we'll do the interview and then let the guests go and then we'll do geek news. But, no, I think the guests enjoy doing the geek news with us as just as much. It's just unfortunate. Oh, yeah, with time yeah I
0: think something. they do. I mean, maybe give them the option, but that's something we can talk about later. Anyhow.
2: Anywho. That's getting edited out. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. Uh, so who wants to go first since our geekiest has already gone?
2: Well, I mean, what were the, what were the other tallies? What were the other numbers?
0: Uh, Joe came in at second with five, and you and I tied for two. Sweet. Sweet. Um, yeah, and it was probably one of those nights where there should have been a whole lot more, but yeah. we were just gabbing too much.
2: Yeah, we weren't, we weren't counting. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, you guys know where to find me. Uh, you've, I've been on the show enough. You guys know my shit. I can be found on the Facebooks. I can be found on the Instagrams. I can be found on the Twitters uh joe will be uh as always faithfully as because i love him uh putting all of my information uh, at the in the in the show notes at the
0: bottom K K kk yeah
1: where can people find you
0: you can find me on twitter at hawk underscore kayla on instagram at geekiest kayla uh Playing Jade on the Not for Wizards DD Actual Play 5th Edition podcast. Uh, you can find me at our fun little geeky thrift store. If you are in the South Florida area, Secondhand Goddess is located at 4148 Davie Road. If you are not in the downtown Davie area, you can check us out online at secondhandgoddess.net. Uh, where we have our eBay stores as well as our merch stuff. Uh, Oh, and I have a TikTok, because it's fun. Uh, (laughs) Also secondhand goddess, correct? Also secondhand goddess. Yes, which I'm actually thinking about splitting secondhand goddess and, like, maybe a geekiest or, like, just me being dumb TikTok. Um, Because there's a lot of stuff I want to do, but it doesn't fit into the secondhand goddess category. So, let me know what you think.
2: Um... (laughs) The subject of TikTok, goddamn you, Kayla.
0: Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Triumph. Um, and that's that's. I think that's it. That's the the important ones. Um, Joe. Yes. Where can our lovely listeners find you on the Interweber Nets?
1: Well, if you want, you can get into fights with me on Twitter at Demorgus D E M O R G U S. I'm kidding. I don't really <laughs> get into fights on Twitter. Um, Often. No, not really at all. <laughs> I'm I'm good I'm good online. Um, <laughs> okay, maybe not Facebook. Uh uh-huh. Uh, you can find uh, this podcast releasing uh, information on social media at the Geekiest Pod across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can find our merch store at shop slash the Geekiest Pod. Uh. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, something you want to get off your chest, you can email us at thegeekiestpod at gmail.com. You're I dare you
2: it. to email us. I <laughs> dare you all to email us. You don't have the cojones.
0: Make us check uh, our email.
4: The chutzpah.
1: <laughs> I, I do check our email. It's quiet. Check, yes. yes. Except for that Nigerian prince who wants to give me a million dollars. Dude, <laughs> dude, don't, don't count that out. That's all I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> Um, you can also find me as the DM of the Not Safe for Wizards 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast, where I every week try to challenge this group. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You sound tired. You sound tired. <laughs> Six players. It's, it's a lot. They just come up. I, I did it to myself. I, I would just say one word Helm of Teleportation. Oh
0: no, you ah. didn't. No. Ah yes he did. Ouch. Come Random
1: and check treasure. it out. Random <laughs> treasure. Yeah. Um and that's I think about it. You can also find me uh, a couple times a week uh, at the uh aforementioned secondhand goddess uh store.
0: Uh come and in and ask him what uh, what everything is priced at. How much is <laughs> this? How much
1: is this? <laughs> please <laughs> please help find things that didn't whose tags have fallen off.
0: Mm-hmm. We rely on our customers for that.
2: How
1: much is this? Where did you even get that? That You don't feel that. <laughs> um, so uh, I think that's it for finding me. So um, I was, I'm just looking back. And a month ago, we had all of our friends around the table to do Geeks of the Roundtable. Eh. Yeah, we had, uh, we had Jason. We had Andy. We had Kayla and I in person talking about all sorts of things and then give me a year ago yeah a year ago Uh uh-huh um and and like yeah like we we we, we, then then this this pandemic happened and i mean we did a few more in-persons um but but then we had to stop because this pandemic started and the world shut down and it's still kind of shut down and we still aren't doing this in person. And like we were saying, Gen is going to be virtual. I mean, not Gen Con, uh, San Diego comic-con is going to be in virtual and right. Gen Con might be per- virtual again this year. And the golden globes this week were virtual and there are places around the world who follow directions and are open now. That's right. Wear a mask, do the social distancing, wash your hands. Don't be a dick. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> You know, I, 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 I'm so glad that there are now three vaccines out there, but still we have to be vigilant. We have to be aware. We have to follow the rules. I know wearing a mask sucks. Guess what? I wear one for several hours a night while I'm doing Uber eats deliveries, because I don't want to accidentally give you something and I don't want to get anything from you except for your sweet, sweet tip money. Um, so Please. Follow the directions. Do what you're supposed to do so we can get this under control and done. We need cons. We need festivals. We need concerts. We need live theater. We need comedy shows. We need to be able to go into our favorite comic book store, friendly local game store, movies. Just follow directions. Come on. It's not that hard. You can do it. Because that's how we get full
2: on resurrected Stan Lee. (laughs) What? No?
1: Uh, maybe
0: maybe
2: all right and that was that was
1: was a great like pause i loved it (laughs) excellent job uh and always uh this show believes black lives matters trans rights are human rights love is love we thank you for listening this week we look forward to talking to you next week Uh and as will would say be the world a better place than the way you found it kids hey there listener before we get out here just want to uh ask you to do us a little favor um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.